Blog Talk Radio. Garcia. 
or even De'Ara King for that matter. Uh, Garcia was flamboyant, called that it factor, uh, seemed to have the greater leadership skills. And I think most people would have said, Jake Garcia is going to be the guy next year. Well, they shared the game against Central Connecticut, and Garcia sustained an ankle injury, ankle injury that has sidelined him since then. So it was Van Dyke that got the start against Virginia, and the rest is history. Rhett Lashley admitted that he built a very conservative game plan for Virginia. Really holds himself in account for that now, a few weeks later, that things are so different. And that may have contributed to the tightness of the game. Things were a little more aggressive against North Carolina, but Miami got caught off the tip pass that was intercepted near the end of the game. After those two close games that could have gone either way, Lashley's turned Van Dyke loose a little more, and the results have been there to show for it. He has completed 76% of his passes, averaging 375 yards a game with seven touchdowns and just that one interception. He went toe-to-toe with a Heisman candidate, Kenny Pickett, at Pittsburgh on Saturday, hitting on 32 of 42 passes for 426 yards with three touchdowns and the interception. And that came when his receiver fell down. Now, it's a simple matter of whether he can keep building on those last two performances and doesn't hit a wall here. What's going to happen with Jake Garcia will be a topic for down the road. So I had a chance to talk to Red Lashley about some of these items. Here's what he had to say. You know, we're sitting at the game on Pittsburgh, a bunch of us that travel with the team, and we're watching Tyler Van Dyke make some of the plays he's making, whether it's the ropes down the field, uh, the third down pass with two guys in his face that was perfectly delivered, even that third down run that he had for a first down. And, like, this is, like, real high-level stuff that we're seeing, and uh, it's kind of come out of nowhere. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not too long ago that, you know, he was just the, the quiet, mellow guy sharing second-team reps with Jake uh, on the practice field, and nobody was really thinking too much about him. Now that the emotion of game day is removed, can you just talk about this a little bit from your viewpoint on just how you've seen this kind of evolve? And, and then also talk about he's obviously not a finished product yet, as good as it's looking out there the last couple of weeks. What does he still need to get better at? A really good observation. Great question. I mean, I do think you're the last thing you said, I agree with, like he's played really well the last two weeks. I mean, it just, you can't, you can't deny that. Um, he's played like a guy who's a veteran and played a lot of ball. And um, I think that's why we've had success and, and, and been able to, to, to do enough on offense to help us win the game. Um, you know, he still has only, if you take out Central Connecticut, he's still only played four real college football games. And so I think uh, while he's played great, things are still going to get tough. I mean, we've got a tough scheme this week that Georgia Tech runs, you know, then you've got games down the stretch. So um, I think that's the thing he can really strive for is to be consistent, be the same guy each week. Um, but to your point, you know, Tyler, we always had confidence in Tyler. It was never a matter of that. It's just when you start a guy who's young, you just never know how, how quickly things are going to click. And um, I do think he said something, I think, after the game the other day that I think makes sense. But the fact that he said it, I think, tells you where his mind's at is, you know, the spring when Derek was out, him and Jake got all the reps. Um, and he took majority of the reps with the ones. Jake had just shown up, was a true, true freshman. And 
Um, I think those 15 days were big for him, you know, with guys like Rambo and Harley and those guys, I think to just gain confidence going against the one defense here and all those things. And then credit to him for when De'Eric came back, not changing who he is. Uh, he came out to practice every day and, and he went to work and he prepared like he is the guy. And I think that's a great lesson for any young player, or young quarterback out there, especially nowadays when people just want to transfer when things don't go their way instantly, especially at that position. Um, he was patient. Uh, he knew that his time may not come till potentially next year. Um, you know, but it came three weeks into this season and, uh, you know, it took first game or two and a half to kind of get some of that almost just normal rookie things out of the way. Cause he just never, never done it. He never played a game on the road. He never played a power five conference game. He never done a lot of those things. And I think once he realized, you know, it's a little bit Virginia game, but definitely in the second half of North Carolina, okay, I belong. It gave him a lot of confidence. You just go out and play and, Man, to your point, I mean, that first throw he made on the third play of the game on third down to Keyshawn was incredible. Even the touchdown to Will uh, on the trick play that, that we ran a lot before um, where he really, you know, put the ball on a rope to a wide-open guy is not as easy as people think. And, and then that third down scramble, he just – the game seems to have slowed down. I just see a sense of confidence in him over there that um, when he gets out there, he just – he's seeing things clearly and, and it's slowed down for him. And I'm, you know, you ask me how I feel about it. Obviously, I feel great about it because it gives me more confidence the way I call the game. And um, just had no idea if it would take one week, two weeks, five weeks. And, and uh, so hopefully he'll continue to progress and, and stay on the track he's at. Yeah, that was going to be like a, a follow. How is it affecting how you call the game? I mean, to, to, to the naked eye, it looks like you're calling the game much more aggressively the last two weeks than you were at other points of the season, that you're taking more shots. Um, have, have you, as the, his coach and as his coordinator, have, have you at times, like, almost been sitting there with your mouth open at what you're seeing? Or did he give you hints of being able to do this at practice? Yeah, I, I think I knew he had the physical ability to do it. You know, I'd seen him, like I said, do that in practice in the spring. But, um, yeah, as a coordinator, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the guys who call plays would agree with me on this. You kind of call – plays aggressively with the confidence you have in your players and namely your quarterback, right? Because, um, you know, that's the guy ultimately on the, on the field with the ball in his hands. who has got to make things right. If it's a bad call, he's got to either make it right or avoid the disaster. You know, if it's a great call, he's got to execute it and, and all in between. And, you know, I, I think I've said this before. I mean, the first half against Virginia, I was extremely conservative. I got no problem admitting that. It was a kid's first game, really. And I was too conservative. I was, you know, we thought we could run the ball a little bit better the way they had been playing. They came out and played different. And um, towards the end of the first half, we kind of started opening it up a little bit. And the second half, we didn't have a choice. And he really played, did some good things and grew up and played well. And, um, you know, since then, I think I've, I've learned two things. One, I've gained a lot of confidence in him that, you know, even you go from that Virginia game till the last two weeks, he's throwing the ball away a lot. I mean, some of his best plays were the other day was just throwing the ball away. It doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But there was three or four times he threw the ball away, didn't take a sack, didn't force the ball. Um, you know, that was stuff, even against Virginia, we were taking a sack. Um, you know, against North Carolina, maybe we were forcing the ball. And I think his things, he's, he's already grown to that level of hanging in the pocket to throw the ball, but when it's not there, scrambling to make some plays or getting the ball out of his hands and just, you know, staying out of those disasters. So I think that's one. I think, two, now that, you know, I've kind of gotten comfortable with him. And as an offensive staff, we kind of know what our identity is. And so um, you try to play to the strengths of the guys that are in there. So I think it's kind of a combination of those two things. 
love the chance to talk to Rhett Lashley. Uh, you know, he, he he's so blatantly honest about everything, and it's so refreshing. You know, you don't get all kinds of side talk and nonsense that you know is not true. He tells it like it is. I love the fact that he kind of, you know, he well, he flat out admitted that he was too too conservative against Virginia. Explained why it makes total sense, and uh, now that he's able to kind of unleash the offense a little bit, and Tyler's executing the plays, uh, I think it's taken the Miami offense to another level. Now uh, they got to be able to sustain this over the next four weeks, and you know it's not going to be easy. I mean, let's not forget that this was a team that lost six straight games to Power Five competition before winning these last two. So. Um, to expect them to put it together six straight times is a tough thing to do. That said, I don't think right now, if you look at these last four games against, you know, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Duke, that you're sitting there saying that you're intimidated by any of them. So um, we'll see what happens as we go forward here. Um, in the meantime, uh, some of the hidden credit for Tyler Van Dyke's success goes to former Canes quarterback Malik Rozier who has been serving as a behind-the-scenes coach for Van Dyke this season. And uh, we've got a story about that on the canesport.com website uh, this evening. And um, these two, they FaceTime every Wednesday night. Rozier, over FaceTime, will sit there and spend about an hour and a half or so going over game film and practice footage with Tyler Van Dyke. Um, A reason that his help is so important is that Red Lashley is only allowed to spend so many hours per week coaching Van Dyke. So to have an extra set of eyes and ears to talk through all the plays, to uh, go through the progressions with Tyler and what he's seeing, what he's thinking, uh, certainly is not going to hurt. And uh, Rozier now is uh, in the midst of a new career as a trainer running the state of Florida with a group called Quarterback Country, uh, which is run by quarterback guru David Morris. So uh, Malik Rozier is scheduled to join us a little later in the show, and he'll uh, tell us about that. And he'll tell us about what he sees in Tyler Van Dyke and how uh, working with Tyler is going. Uh, so I'll be coming up in a little bit here. But in the meantime, let's get out to your calls and talk about it. It's uh, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We begin tonight in the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, I guess I'm number one again, yes. The Mikester Kane, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing doing great, doing great, now that we got this win here. So, well, anyway, I got my commentary all prepared, and I'm going to give it to you guys right now. So, let's get started. Here we go. Yes, the Canes came out on top last Saturday, winning a 38-34 to in a game that had me, as well as other of us Canes fans, hearts pounding, and blood pressure's skyrocketing. Just ask my wife here. She took my blood pressure, and it was high. Okay, that's a fact. <laughs> the win some, lose some era continues as we head towards the second half of the season. But now here's the dilemma for us Canes fans. Myself, everything, Greg, Adam, Kane, Kane, and so on, you guys are listening. Here we are facing. Do we continue to call for Manny to step down after a possible 8-4 and four finish with a bowl game and a chance to finish 9-4 and four with a bowl win? That's the best scenario, guys. And here's some factors to think about. The future. What happens for next year? 
Miami will lose several key players after this season. So do we turn to the transfer portal? Well, to me, that's kind of risky. Yes, Roche and Phillips were gems last year. They were great, as Charleston Rambo is this year. But there were flops as well, like Kennedy from Butler. And then there's this, my uncle's alma mater, Michigan State, who brought in a running back from Wake Forest, who was a key factor in their win over rival Michigan. Now they're ranked fifth in the country and on the cusp of a playoff run. But anyways, back down to earth. If you want an 8-4, to 8-4, 6-6, or a 7-5 and five record, then I believe Manny's your man. But if you want excellent recruiting, a shot at a national championship, setting the bar high, if you guys believe Miami can do better, much better, then I feel Mario Cristobal is the coach to get if he wants the job. If Manny is kept next year, and I hope I'm wrong, the best we'll do is 8-4, and 9-4 and four season with a bowl win. I believe we can do better. I still say hit the reset button, reboot this program, all of it, up and down the board. So let, let us know what your thoughts are on my commentary, folks. Back over to you, Gary. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's unpack some of what you said. And uh, I think a lot of people agree with you, Mike. And, um, the, you know, the, the thing is that the University of Miami could find itself in a bit of a mess at the end of this year because, listen, there's nobody sitting around – saying that they hope that this team loses. I mean, and and I think there's an extremely good chance that they do finish 8-4 and four this year and, you know, win these games. Uh, so, is it is I it probable? So. I mean, maybe not, just when you look at the fact that they did lose six in a row. I mean, can Virginia Tech, Florida State, you know, give them tough games? Absolutely. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if Georgia Tech gave them a tough game on Saturday, although I think they're the least likely of the three. But, uh, you know, that's, that's a decision, Mike, that they're going to have to make. Uh, they're going to have to put their big boy pants on and make that decision. And, you know, I can't predict right now what that's going to be. Oh, neither can I. Neither can I, Gary. Neither can I. I well, mean, if I, had to bet, I would, if I had to make a bet, Mike, Stur, I would say if, if they run the table and finish eight and four, they will allow Manny to have a fourth year because he has two years left on his contract. And they will say, we're going to be fair to Manny and give him his fourth year. If they, yeah, if they lose and go seven and five, I think all bets are off. All bets are off. Yeah, one more loss, all bets are off. I believe that too, Gary. All because right, what well, you're saying you. is the absolute truth, Mikester. It's the truth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, you know, there's no sugar, you know, there's no hiding from it or sugarcoating it or whatever. What you're saying is the truth. This type of season can go on yeah. like this for, for can go on like this forever like it it really can um you know if you're playing a decent team you're probably not going to win um and then all these games against middle of the pack teams you're probably going to win some and lose some yeah it's a vicious cycle that we're caught in and the only way to get out of it is to reboot the program up and down the board that's what i say it's it, recruiting has to go to another level Recruiting has yeah, to go to, to a level, and the thing that really has to be decided is can Manny Diaz get it to that level, period. It has, it has nothing to do with anything else, okay? It's, it's can he take recruiting 
to that level. You know, I was reading a quote today uh, by Kirby Smart that I thought was really, really interesting. And just to give you the cliff notes real quick, he says, if you don't recruit, there's not a coach out there that can outcoach recruiting. He says, I don't care who you are. The best coach to ever play the game, it doesn't matter. The best coach better be a good recruiter because no coaching is going to outcoach players. Anybody will tell you our defense is good, which it is. It's, it's the best yep. defense in the country, probably. It's because we have good players. Um, yes. And he, sa- and he says that it's 25% evaluation, which I agree, which I think yep. has been a huge, huge deficiency at Miami. It's 50% yep. recruiting. I agree, which yep. has been a big deficiency at Miami, at, except for the recruiting class last year, which was better because of COVID and the fact that nobody could visit anyplace else. Um, and then, right, he, then the other the, the other 25% is coaching. And I think yep. he's right, Mikester. I think he's right. Yep, he is right. He's absolutely right, Gary. That's, that's the truth. Okay, so that's can Manny Diaz give you that 75%? To me, is the decision that the University of Miami has to make. And exactly. And, you know, I know what my opinion is, and I, you know, again, I like Manny. I've, I have no issues at all with Manny Diaz at all. But, well, uh, you know, I, I am judging this based on what I see and, uh, you know, a 20-year racing form. You know, it's, it's yeah. Breeders' Cup week. I'll use the term racing form. Um, there's a yeah. 20-year body of work. And, you know, I, I don't know that he could take recruiting to that level. I don't know if he can either. I really don't know. You know, that's that's the there's whole, that's there's the no evidence that he can. Let's put it that way. Right, right. I don't I don't think he knows how. I really honestly don't. And he, he just I mean, might not have the skill the skill set to do it. Like <laughs> he, he you know he he doesn't have, he, he doesn't have the resume. He he might not have the the same people skills that Kirby Smart has or Nick Saban has. Right, Davos Swinney has, or you know, or these guys that are recruiting at a high level, or Mario Cristobal has. You know, there could be right. a million reasons, but yeah. you know, it just, it, I just don't know that it's that it that it can happen. Yeah, I I don't know either. I mean, I just don't think he knows how. Like I said before, I don't think he knows how. I don't think he it's a skill. It's just like teaching. Teaching is a skill. Well, recruiting is a skill too. You've got to sell your product you know, to those kids out there. And in a way, they're buying you, not just the University of Miami football. They're buying you. That's what they're buying into. You know, mm-hmm. can you coach them up? Can you bring them up to NFL caliber? You know, can you develop them? I mean, look what happened to Mark Pope. Look what happened to, uh, what's his name there, the running back there. I forgot his name again. Uh, whatever his L- name was L- there. Lingard. Florida. Yeah, Lingard. That's it, Lingard. Look what happened to those guys. I mean, was it was it a developmental issue? Was it a coaching issue? Well, he didn't develop in Florida either, so I I don't know that I'm blaming development on that one. Right, right. Well, and look what's happening there. I mean, Dan Mullen. I'm hearing rumors that that he might be fired for something that he said. I don't know if that's true or not, but I saw it saw an article on it, and I'm like, I don't believe everything I hear out there, but still. What I believe. Yeah, Dan okay, Mullen very badly wants to go to the National Football League. Who does? Dan Mullen. He's oh, trying yeah, hard. Yeah. He's been trying hard for a couple of years now to get to the NFL. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen, Gary. Come on. I don't, well, I don't know either. But he's uh, apparently he's 
you know, tired of recruiting. He's tired of everybody in the SEC cheating. And then he does a little thing and they reprimand them. And I, you know, I don't blame him quite frankly. I mean, you think George, right. you think Georgia, you think Georgia cheats a little bit, you know, well, and he's, and then he's got to sit there and go to Jacksonville last week and get his butt destroyed by them and have everybody in the Gator nation upset. And, and, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not fun. I don't care how much money you get paid. Right. Um, that's not you know, he's he, he's going to make his money. No matter, He'll make his money no matter where he coaches. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. All right, Gary. Well, thanks for having me on the show, bud. I hope we got us started on a good foot here. All right, Mike. Thanks as always for being part of it. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 770. You're live on King Sport Live. Gary, what's up? This is Steve. Hey, what's up, Atlanta. Steve? How you doing this week, man? Um, I'm sick right now. Like I got a, been drunk a whole bucket, bunch of alcohol. You, you just get, made me nauseous with some of the stuff <laughs> you're saying. It's time for that guy to go. He's terrible. He ain't going to be able to recruit. He can't recruit because he can't coach. The 25% coaching that you seems like you don't want to talk about, if it's 75%, I don't care how they split it up, he don't have 1% of that coaching. And when kids and their parents are sitting down making that decision or when coaches are recruiting against them and they're showing that defense, on this, let's, 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 let's get serious here. Everybody want to say Manny's been here three years. No, he's been six. He was the defensive coordinator for three. Now he's the head coach slash defensive coordinator. And the defense is the worst part of the freaking team. He's been recruiting for six years. Come on, stop the madness with the bull. And then you got a nerve to bring on Lashley. Look, I've been telling you, I thought all the quarterbacks we had could play. It wasn't until that hot seat flamed up till he started opening up the playbook. Yep. Point boy. He never but he admitted, he admitted, right Steve, he was, he, 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 he was conservative him. against Virginia. He admitted it. Man, he was conservative. No, he's been conservative every, all, since he's been here. If you ask me, he ain't been calling nothing but garbage. I I, I don't think that man, not every not a, not say, not not every game, look, Steve. I mean, he he look, was plenty look, aggressive look, in some of those games look, last year. Look, Gary, when we watch some of those games, some of those tight games, he might though when he first got here that game against Florida, I was ready to give him a raise, and you know I was like, this dude is it. Then as the year went on, it looked like like he took a bribe or something, and he's been terrible ever since. I watched these. I watched this team. Like a hawk, you know. So I don't want to hear that dude say nothing. It wasn't until that hot seat flamed up in flames until he started calling plays. That's all that is. They're calling some different plays. They're sprinkling in some passes to the running back. Before the the seat got hot, them jokers would never throw the ball to the running back. The tight end was barely catching a pass, and the play calling is still the creativity in that offense is still terrible. You, but just just imagine if it was more creativity, the games wouldn't even be close. But back to Manny Diaz being able to stick around. That guy has been terrible since he's been here, you know, since he got the head coaching job. You know, and I don't know how people keep saying if he went. He lost to FIU. I'd have fired him then. I was ready for him to go then. What was the problem with that? They don't have more talent than us. He lost to Louisiana Monroe. Everybody want to forget. The, the, you need to put the total, all the stuff together with this guy. 
and he's not going to ever be able to recruit with those guys because he's terrible. He don't have that 25%. He don't have 1% of that 25% to go in nobody how those guys really want and take them from him. I don't care who he brings in here because nobody wants to play for Manny Diaz. Look at how many kids we got in the class right now. Yeah. Uh, there's there's eight, Steve. There's but eight. but your but your your point is well taken, and and that's the dilemma. Like, period. It's like if if Miami can't compete for the top players in the country, it can't get out of this uh, abyss that it's in of winning some and losing some because they're they're, they're one of all evenly balanced teams in in the ACC. I mean, period. It's like the only way to get the only way to get through that is with better talent. It's not going to happen with this guy at the helm. Now, if he would have, if he would have took care of business this season, maybe made some different decisions. You know, maybe I don't know what's up with Lashley. Maybe if Lashley wouldn't have been playing around. I don't know. I think Lashley get two checks. I'm gonna tell you, because it ain't no way he could call games the way he called them from all of last year. First year, he's been calling some of the strangest games, and there has been nothing in that offense. All of a sudden the seat flame up, then you see some of the plays that you've been like, okay, why we haven't been doing this? You know, I run it by All right, well, let's, um, let, let, let's say we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, Steve. Let's, let, let, let's, let's think about this now for a minute. All right, so Alabama, Alabama, you're playing Alabama, and De'Ara King is coming off the injury. And you're probably thinking, if you're Rhett Lashley, I don't want to get De'Ara King killed in this game. We're probably not beating Alabama. Uh, I don't want to get him killed. So that's probably what he's thinking going in. But then he gets into the game, and De'Ara King's getting killed anyway. Um, and, you know, you see how long De'Ara King held up this year. Not not, not very long. Um, so the Michigan State game, to me, you know, was, was, was probably the, the, the bad one. You know, obviously, I mean, you know, you should win that game at home. Uh, yeah, Appalachian State, State was not was Michigan obviously State. not very good. Give me a second. How long has Michigan State coach been there? Uh, this is second year, I believe. Second year. How many transfer? They talk about this. This dude got forty players. The whole team he got forty players out the transfer portal. Yep. They, I, I don't know if it's Jim forty, Harbaugh. but they got seventeen he this Jim year. Jim Harbaugh this year. Who has Manny beat? And you guys keep acting like Tyler Van Dyke is so young. Tyler Van Dyke is not a young kid. Is there any, any deficiency he has? It's because of the development of this program. I told you last week, Oklahoma put a kid in who didn't even play his high school senior year because of COVID. They was down 14 or 17 in the second quarter. They pulled their Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback because he was thinking up the place, put this kid in the game, and he brought them back a true freshman. So why should we be acting like Tyler Van Dyke, who's been here, we got to be surprised and like he's doing something so great. No, I think it's been the development and the play calling of the offensive coordinator the whole time. Like he said, the minute he took the handcuffs off the kid, the kid is a quarterback. He can throw the ball. And if he don't throw it, you put in Jake Garcia. If you're teaching him, if you got him ready, and if Jake Garcia don't throw it, you put in somebody else. But these guys, they think they're so smart. They don't fool me. I told Roy last year they was using um, 
they were scapegoating De'Aaron King the whole time when they said he was going to start soon when his knee broke. And they said he was going to be back before the week was over. They knew. They knew what they was doing. They, they tried to stay two steps ahead of the game, but I'm done with all of them. I'm going to be in Miami this weekend because my birthday is Saturday. But I have oh, yeah. no Happy thought birthday. to go on. Yeah, thank you. I have no thought to going to that game. I'm going to be down in the Keys fishing, uh, sitting on South Beach, smoking a cigar, somewhere at that resort. I don't know, probably up at Sebastian Inlet or something. Can't support. <laughs> I can't support this, this craziness no more. Bad as I want to go, I can't do it no more, man. They need to make a change there and now. I don't want to hear this about if he's So you you weren't swayed by the two wins in a row, Steve. That those, those didn't impact. Here, don't make me curse. Do not right, make me curse. I, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm not saying you should have you know been. I'm just asking. Me? You, you know what would have swayed me, Gary? If they would have, you know, been competitive against Alabama and been sitting right now with one loss. That's the only way I would have been swayed. All right. But after what I've seen, it ain't no more persuasion. You know what I'm saying? It's time for them to go because this program is, is – is, it needs them. This program is dead. They done killed it. And you think if this guy come back next year and then, you know, he can't beat nobody tough, we barely won these last two games. Well, here's the thing. Um, the, the, uh, the, the playoff the, – uh, the rankings came out tonight, okay, the college football play, playoff rankings. And uh, uh-huh. so you got Alabama number two, Michigan State number three. Okay, I think we would all agree that we would like to see the Miami program where it's at Michigan, where Michigan State is this year. I mean, is that is that so unrealistic? Michigan State number three. All right, you want to take Georgia and Alabama and say, oh, they're they cheat, they're at a level uh, of their own, whatever. Okay, you know, maybe you got to go an intermediate step first. But I think we would all agree with we would like to see Miami at the Michigan State, Oregon level, three, four. You know, Cincinnati certainly at number six. Um, and, you know, that shouldn't be asking a whole heck of a lot. And uh, I don't think it's unfair of the fans to be expecting that. And they weren't competitive against Michigan State and Alabama. Not, not even, well, I mean, they were, that's not fair. Wait a minute. They were competitive against Michigan State, but they lost going away. It wasn't a close game at the end. Another, uh, another, another, another loss to a, that team wasn't even supposed to be good this year, but hey, they got the coach over there who's doing his. He's doing his job. You know what I'm saying? So far, he's doing his job. That's all yes, I can but, say about that. But the point Manny I'm making is, not, is that it's fair. Has, huh? It's fair to expect better. It, it's it's not like the fans who expect better, like yourself, are not being unfair. I mean, I can't. I yeah. I mean, hey, I you're you're not you're that, not being like, unfair. Well, like I say. Until Blake is gone, Blake James is gone. He's the he's the main culprit here. He's been the problem from day one. I don't know how, you know, my for them to be such a call themselves such a great business school. I don't know how they let this football program get to this level without without I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I think it was intentional. I think they wanted this because you have to work hard for this to happen. This just don't happen, you know, by, you know, this, you know, it, it, you have to work real hard to get this low. And until they get somebody in there who really cares about hurricane football, this is, this is it. We get, we keep hiring coaches who went to Florida state. 
just they do some of the dumbest stuff to call themselves a business school. It don't make no sense, man. I'm I'm just sick of it. I, I can't support it like that. But I'll be watching wherever. I'm All right, at. Steve. Hey, thanks well, thanks for, for being part hey, of the show, man. Everybody, I'm sorry for going so long. This is the last time. I won't. I'm gonna stick to three minutes. All right, man. But you're not being unfair. You're all good. We'll talk to you next week. We'll give you a report on the game that you're not going to go see. Right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, man, this is, I mean, this is like really bizarre for me to, to like watch because, I mean, I've been here for a while, obviously, but to see this, the different like fans that like, I mean, I'm in Pittsburgh the other day. I don't think there were a hundred Canes fans there. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like normally you'd have a few thousand at worst in Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? A game in the Northeast, um, at North Carolina, maybe 300. Normally you'd have several thousand. Uh, and then you know you got you know people like Steve and and he's far from the only one that I'm hearing this from, and not just on this show, obviously, that you have the Canes fans that aren't even going to games, even after two back-to-back victories over teams that actually did make the college football rankings this week. NC State got voted in at number 19. Pittsburgh got voted in at number 25. Miami beat both of them in the last two weeks. So the Canes fans not happy. And, you know, I, I think that has to be a consideration for the administration. I mean, w- when nobody is going to the games, home or away, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Let's go to 786. You're live on Sport Live. Gary, my friend, how are you? Hey, what's up, everything? How you doing this week? I'm doing well. How are you, my friend? Doing good, doing good. Great, great. I wanted to touch upon uh, Mike Stracane. He wanted us to comment, so if I could comment on that, I had a couple other points. But um, my philosophy, guys, is is this. I think I shared it last week with everyone. I'm just trying to go one day at a time here, Gary. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just go ahead and get behind the kids. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Um, and, And let's focus on the opponent at hand. Everything else will take care of itself as we go. Let's just make sure we're, 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 we got the kids back. Uh, disappointed today to see a young man from North Carolina decide to enter the transfer portal in uh, queue. Uh, really like that kid. Uh, great dad, great family, and, uh, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out for him over here. But, uh, again, Let me tell you something. I, I, we, been... we who cover the team every day, everything, would not have even known that kid was there. I, I, it, it's the most wow. bizarre thing in the world. Like, you literally would not even know he was there at any point through training camp, anything. Like, I, you wouldn't even know he's on the team. Just a kid that probably should have never been recruited by us. Never you know, should have been and, recruited. And Nobody ever mentioned me. his name. He was never brought in for an interview. Like, like nothing. You wouldn't have even known he was there. It's, uh, that's very telling of a lot of decisions that have happened recruiting-wise. But, um, you know, you still wish the kid well. You're hoping that all these kids do well and um, – I just want to answer Mike's question with that, Mike's question with that. Uh, Steve had some really good things. His facts were a little bit off. It's uh, Louisiana Tech to last two, not Monroe. And Enos was the, the OC when we played Florida. So just to 
yep. give some insight there. Um, all right, so talk to Georgia Tech, Gary, if we can. Um, my concern for this week is it's a trap week. You know, I'm going to think tradition, as a traditional UM football fan here. It's a trap week for two reasons. Number one, a bunch of young kids that are playing and have done very well, and this is the week for your head to get big when you're home. Uh, it's the week where you're getting more acknowledgement during, during classes, on campus. You're getting more people also don't want to be your friend. You know, all those things that they're facing on campus socially, I think is always a big distraction, especially with the kids that are from the area with their parents, you know, also their family members, their friends. And, and this is a week that I think Manny pointed out in his press conference yesterday is um, things can be toxic when you play really bad and you're dwelling it too long or when you're playing really well and you're, and you're, you're seeking, you're staying in that high uh, of, of being, uh, of being a winner and, and forgetting that you've got to win the next day. Going back to those things. So it's a trap week for that. It's also a trap week, Gary, because let's face it, Florida State's on the horizon. And there isn't a young kid that's playing for us right now that's starting for us that's, or that's in the rotation that isn't, uh, isn't thinking about being in Tallahassee next weekend. Uh, so it's trap week. That's how I'm, I'm going to look at it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more specific in some of the things that concern me about Georgia Tech. Uh, the type of quarterback we're going to face, G, <laughs> the type of quarterback gives us the most problems because he's not a pure passer. Um, he can throw the ball pretty decently at times, and, and I, I don't think he played every game of the season. I think he was hurt or something to start the year or something. But what we have seen in that young man is that he's great with his feet. And the second, the first and second line of defense, we haven't had much production from those two uh, components of our defense. So that scares me a little bit longer, a little bit more rather, and that this kid can get sustained long drives against our defense. Um, they're running back. It's a solid running back. Uh, it's with the RPO game going on for Georgia Tech as they normally do. That concerns me. And if this kid, this kid gets going because he's not an easy kid to bring down. I think the running backs we faced the last two weeks, uh, the kid from uh, it was the best one. He's a big dude to bring down, and we held him in check. So I'm really hoping that whatever we focused on that week of practice is being mirrored this week. Because uh, our defense is going to be challenged um, uh, with the run game and our tackling is really going to be put to the test once again this week, Gary. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think Georgia Tech's very good, but I do think they're going to be very desperate. And I, th- I think that, that this is, could end up being just like all the other ACC games where you know it doesn't really matter who the better team is. It somehow finds a way to be a game in the fourth quarter. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you got to understand that they, the, you know, everything's about matchups. They match up well against our defense. Like, let's just be honest; they do because yeah. their strengths are our weaknesses. Yep. When you look at what what they do defensively, and you're having a a, brand, a young quarterback who's had some success, uh, who I still think mentally is pretty damn sharp and pretty good, uh, but he's going to face a defense that he hasn't seen. It's going to be an odd front. It's going to be a three-four with a lot of games. This isn't like looking at playing against Pitt or what NC State did. This is a different defense. It's a different look. So early on, what I'm looking at is how good of a job does Rhett do this week with his, with his first 15, with his script? Mm-hmm. If we're able to score early in our first possession, our second possession, it's going to be a long day for that defense, uh, for Georgia Tech's defense, because that means 
if we're getting success with, with the passing game, you know our running game is going to be right behind it. Um, but with that in mind, Gary, don't you think it's time that the two other kids behind uh, Knighton start getting more reps? I mean, I think it's time. Um, we're going to beat the crap no. out of this kid. We've got four games left. No, I don't. No, I don't think that he. You know, he didn't play the first four games of the year. Uh, he shouldn't be that beat up. Uh, number two, he's much better than Cody Brown. And from what I'm understand, that Thad Franklin really struggles in practice for whatever reason, and has has you know been fairly relatively average to this point. Uh, so I mean, they can do it for the heck of it. But if you're talking about a close game, which all these are, where you're trying to win. Jalen Knighton makes them a different team, everything. Oh, absolutely. I, I just mean in terms of the amount the pounding he's starting to take. And, 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 you know, he, well, I he, stopped he, running like him up the middle kid. so much, I'll tell you that. Right, right. And, and, and you maybe you, you, don't, you, can, you can come up with different plays and not run him up the middle so damn much and to, to where he doesn't take as much pounding. And Gary, especially maybe out of the, especially out of the end zone. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, uh, I didn't yes, like that yes, play call. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, I still can't believe I saw that, but hey, uh, it's been consistent with some of the things that we've been questioning throughout the last two years with with uh, his play calling. But uh, not to attack that, but um, I'm also considering Rashard Smith not being incorporated in the offense more, especially against an, an odd front defense where you can bring in two backs and line him up in the slot, bring him back around, line him up at running back with, 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 uh, with Knighton and possess that threat because that, you know, that puts matchups on your linebackers right away or, or, their, or their rover back, whatever you want to call it. So I'm really hoping we start infusing more of our speed horizontally and vertically. I think we've done a really good job the last couple of weeks with the vertical game, but let's start stretching out defenses like this that are smaller but quicker Let's spread them out a little bit more and then go to the run game a little bit. And that's why I think Cody might be, you know, effective in this game because at one point in this game on Saturday, we're going to have to either run up the middle, run, run, run the score in the goal line situation or in a red zone, or we're going to have to do it to get a good first down. So we, we, we yeah, I would use Cody in those going. situations. I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that that's the case. And, Gary, the last thing I want to point out, this might be this might happen on Saturday, and I just got you know every once in a while before you, a game you get this feeling, and you're like, geez, please don't let this happen. But I think it might come down to Bora Gallus's legs, mm-hmm. and that's and it might be a pressure situation once again because if you think about it, you know a couple of years ago down here when we lost to them it was a special teams fiasco where we we missed what three field goals. I mean. I don't know, Gary. I just I got that I got that gut feeling it might come down to a kick for us. But hey, let's uh, let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope we uh, we uh, we cover the spread and everybody's happy and uh, the kids are getting ready to to get focused. This you know sometime this next week on on, on the Knolls up there, which is going to be a very difficult game. And and wouldn't wouldn't you know it, Gary? The networks are are waiting to see what they're going to do with that game. So they put they put it on hold, and and that's interesting that we're now trending into decisions like that. Uh, and, and last thing for, for, for most of the callers out here, understand that Miami's got the toughest, has the toughest ranked schedule in all of college football. They're number one. And two of the opponents that we've had right now are in the playoffs. 
I understand we're, we're not playing where we need to want where we want to. We're not doing the things we want to do. I get all those things, but we have played the best. And even App State, you know, they they went down and and they were able to hold off and knock out Coastal Carolina. So it's not like we've played other than than the high school team we played. We've played some more than reputable programs. We've played some really good programs. And right now, you know, based on all the voting and all the computer crap and all the stuff that this committee does, it's evident that we've played the toughest schedule in college football. And there's something that needs to be said about that. Uh, and next year, going to Texas A&M, geez. We're not shying away next year either. So hopefully this is they, a should, they, they shouldn't shy away any year. This is Miami. You got to play. You can't play one good national game a year. Come on, man. You got to. You got to do it. I'm with you, baby. I'm with you, G. Let's play. Let's play three or four. I would play you know? two. Let's play three or four. Like go back to being Miami again. You play the national games. You're gonna be, and you get a good a good recruiting head coach. You're gonna be able to get players. They want to play in those games. Absolutely. Right. That's what it's all about. All right, everything. Thanks for being part of the question. show, man. Anything new on recruiting? Anything on recruiting no. that you could share with us real quick before you go? Absolutely nothing. All right, brother. Nope. Be well. Take care. Yep. Take care, man. Go Canes, guys. Go. All right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 973. You're live on Canesport Live. 973, you with us? Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? You were sleeping on me. I wasn't sleeping at all. Just didn't pop in for some reason. Anyway, listen, man, what's up? Shout out to um, Mr. Everything. But it sounds like he's on the buy, uh, what do you call a um, a trap game mindset himself because he keeps talking about the Florida State game before it's here. So he's telling the kid to watch out for it. As a fan, he needs to watch out for it because he's doing it to himself. But anyway, um, Gary, listen, man. Manny needs to stick around, maybe? Are you kidding me? Manny haven't been in a game in somebody's house. Knocked, listen, I like the fact that we, we, we was able to go do revenge on Pittsburgh, and I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. I want revenge for a couple of years ago when we were undefeated or whatever we were, and they knocked us off our, our thing, right? We got caught. So that felt good. But I'm still watching the coaching staff struggle in certain situations. We're calling timeouts in a weird behind situation, man. Are you kidding me? One of the worst coach teams. And I give um, Laxey credit to admitting that he actually blew the Virginia game because that's what he's admitting to. He's admitting to blowing that game. Yeah, he didn't put it in those words, but he, he, but he, he, he took ownership for being too conservative. That's called, that's called but, blowing, but, blowing but in fairness to him, in fairness to him, Ross, let me tell you something, just the God-honest truth. If you took a poll, let's say there's, what, 150 people in the program between coaches and trainers and players. If you took a poll of everybody in the program based on what they saw in spring practice and fall camp and everything, who do you think is going to be the leader of this team in 2022, Tyler Van Dyke or Jake Garcia? And as somebody who watched some practice, you know, we watched as much as we were allowed to. I didn't see a discernible difference in any of the three quarterbacks. And they're, in, you know, one day one would be a little bit better than the other, but they all could make the throws. They all like there really was not, including Derek King. Okay, um, if you took a poll of everybody in the program, Ross, I think it would have been seventy-five twenty-five at least. 
Jake Garcia. And hey, that's a- but so the Eric King goes down, and now Lashley is taking Tyler Van Dyke into the Virginia game. Tyler Van Dyke's never started against the real team. You can't even begin to count the Connecticut State game. Uh, can't even begin to uh, factor that in. And he's going into a Virginia game against a decent team with a quarterback that's never played before. I think most offensive coordinators in that situation would be very conservative, in fairness to Lashley. Well, you say that because you know what? If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Did he not recruit Tyler Van Dyke? No, he did not. Okay. So and Danny knows recruited so, Oh, no, oh, no. But he's been, he was able to watch him for a whole lot, right? A, whole, a lot of times. He had coached him for a year. Period. Yes, he had coached him for a year. I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yep. Guess what, Jan? You're making excuses for guys. Who I'm not making any excuses. Lot of... No. No, 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 no. I'm saying if you if, if you can you can listen and and you can give them the benefit of the doubt and say okay, a lot of offensive coordinators wouldn't have been balls to the wall in that game with a quarterback that's never played before. They wouldn't have wanted to overload the kid. They would have wanted to keep the game plan simple. I think a lot of offensive coordinators would have done that. Gary, I'm watching true freshmen in a lot of these games come in the game after people are being hurt. Their their leader. They're starting quarterback and strap it up and play ball. We have inept coaching. People are talking about, I heard you probably laugh at you or some of whoever was laughing was talking about, oh, well, listen, um, after the game was over, I was, I was happy. I called into a radio station, gave my piece, happy about the victory because I beat Pittsburgh because they beat us a couple of years ago. But I watched the game over again and over again. I always do that. And I'm watching timeouts being called Garrett. I'm watching nonsense on the field and guys not being coached up. Guys running kickoffs. Gary, talk to me. We're running off. We're taking kickoff and coming and being stopped at the 15, the 10, the 15 again. Who's coaching these guys up? Let the ball roll into the end zone and let's get it at the 25, please. Gary. We're a terrible coach team. It's over for Manny. We have programs out there that's getting rid of guys that's doing a better job. You know that old saying when somebody says, it's time for you to go, you got to get out, and you be like, I've been kicked out of better places, right? His mm-hmm. ass needs to go. He's terrible. I don't want to hear this mediocre, maybe he'll win the fans back. No, we want him gone. He okay, can't I understand. Recruit. I understand, but what do you think is going to happen if they went out? He should be fired anyway because you know what they should do? We're mad at you for the fact that you could show that you could get this done, that the talent is here, and you didn't coach them up from the beginning, from the knock-knock, from the giddy-up. You did not. I don't, do, I don't think they fired him after six straight wins, Ross. I just don't. I'm not well, saying what well, should happen. Well, I'm, I'm saying I don't see that happening. I really don't. I don't see it. Well, they, I don't they're see not it. trying to win. And what are you guys talking about is, is in the transfer program? I missed that. I kind of – you guys were mumbling through it uh, a little Quint- bit. I didn't really Quentin Williams, the freshman defensive lineman. He went into oh, the yeah. portal today. But if I'm not mistaken, I hit the linebacker might be heading to the transfer or to the kid Cole from um from New Jersey. Him and him and him Austin and um, Cave. Pike. Austin Cave. Austin Cave, Cave. yes. Yeah. The, that would the not dad surprise and, me and, at all. The dad and, 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 and Pike was in a heated argument after the game. Mm-hmm. Heated argument in Pittsburgh. I mean playing. they was going at it. Yeah, and, and guess what? You might as well put him on the field because guess what? Our, our linebacker sucks, except for um, Smith. Sucks. But anyway, listen, a couple more things. Um, Gary, this recruiting class, 
except for a few guys, blow it up. I hope they blow up the coaching staff. Um, whoever comes in, salvage what you need to salvage. Because here we go again. We're talking about the transfer portal. While I don't mind the transfer portal, if you really think about it, he survived off the transfer portal. No doubt. And you can't, and you can't do that here. You can't continue to do it because some years it's going to be fees, some years it's going to be phenomenal. You cannot do that at Miami when we can recruit at the highest level. We could we haven't went into New Jersey and that area and go get an offensive two offensive linemen yet. And and that's what a talent for the offensive linemen is. Manny and his staff. Not all of them. I'm being biased to T Rob because he just got here and he had to take the job. They offered the money. Mm-hmm. Manny and his staff has failed us all. And if the administration is paying attention and they watch, really watch these games, when we're, again, we're calling foolish timeouts and not being coached up. Guys are coming out of the end zone and the kickoffs, all these terrible stuff. It's time for him to go. He's been living high off the hog too long. We struggled in beating certain teams. We got lucky. Look what we just got lucky the other day coming out of the end zone. What kind of call Hey, hey Ross, that? I think everybody understands all this. Everybody understands everything that's wrong. The question is, though, if they win these four games and they're going to be favored in all four of them, what does the we University of Miami blow, do? We should still – st- you know why? Because he still can't recruit. And look at the class. What is what – is, okay, they call him in. Game is over. He's going to a ball game and all that. What's your plan to improve in this class? What's your plan? We're going to go into the transfer portal. Come... That's and what that's his not, plan and is going to be. Not, and, and you should be fired for that. Although he answered it the other day. He said that they're, they're, they go position by position and they assess the needs and then they make a decision on whether they're going to take high school recruits or transfer portal. Well, let's give kudos to the young guys. Before I get off, I don't, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be remiss to not do that. Let's give some credit to these young guys and some of our older guys. Um, Mallory, thanks for catching the ball. Alaro, thanks for catching the ball. And and if Pope and I'm not slandering, I'm just being real. If Pope and Wiggins was watching what Smith did, he caught that difficult pass. It was ripped in there, and he snagged it and scored. That's how you perform. Last year against was Louisiana Tech, we don't lose that game if Pope and them catch the ball. I'm done, Gary. Fire this All right, guy. Ross. Get him out of here. Put me on hold. Fire. You got it, man. Done. Get out of here. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. You know, I still say everybody, I think, is in agreement on what all the problems are. I think all that matters is what the University of Miami is going to do, you know, under the different scenarios. And I don't think we know that yet. I know I don't know it. I, I see a division on who's really in charge. I don't know that. Like, I can't tell you who's in charge of this thing. I mean, I think the president's office is. But. So does that mean that Blake James, the athletic director, has nothing to say about anything going on in athletics? Um, Board of Trustees, where do, where, where do they stand? Is David Epstein still involved? I don't see that. You know, so I don't know who's going to be the decision maker, who's going to pull the trigger, and what their opinion on all of this is going to be and who, who they're going to consult. Do they care what the fans think? Do they care that nobody is going to the games? that nobody is showing up in, in North Carolina and Pittsburgh. We'll see what happens in Tallahassee next week. Uh, after everybody showed up in Atlanta to start the year, everybody, that was a great turnout. 
So, you know, that's all that matters right now is is is, is what are they going to do? Let's go to the eight four five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, how you doing? What's up, Greg? Tell me, what are they going to do, man? What are they going to do? You know what? You know what? If they if they want to keep Manny, okay, they they must tell him you must fire yourself as defensive coordinator and hire somebody because your system does not work. Lashley has to go into every game knowing he has to score at least 30 to win the game, at least 30, because we haven't held a Power 5 team under 30 yet this year, okay? Do you think he would – you think he would entertain that, Manny, if they said you can keep your job if you hire somebody? But, 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 but Greg, it's about players. Tell me, before the season, did you really expect better than that on defense? I didn't. Did I expect better than this? Yeah, on defense. Yeah. I think so, a little better. With no linebackers, I mean, with, 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 well, with question marks on the D-line. Whose fault is that? Why weren't we in the portal for linebackers this year? Well, it, no, that's, it, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, did you expect better with the personnel that they have? I didn't. Okay. I, all right. I didn't expect miracles, but this is pathetic, Gary, honestly. He's making D'Onofrio look like Bill Belichick. Come on. All right. You, by the way, I listened to you about recruiting, okay? For years. You've been hearing 20, me say this for years. 20, a recruiting class of 2020, we got Van Dyke, we got Knighton, we got Cheney, we got Smith, we got Restrepo, we got Jalen Rivers. Is that a good recruiting class? Would Alabama take any I of those guys? Would Alabama take what? Here's my question, seriously. And, I'm, and I, I love every one of those kids you mentioned. I think Knighton's great. I think, uh, you know, obviously Van Dyke's doing great, whatever. Would Alabama have signed any of those guys? How many players on this roster, Greg, would Alabama or Georgia recruit and sign? Well, well I guess Stevenson and, and Rambo. Those are two of your what, best three or four or five players this year? Okay, we're not in Alabama's stratosphere, Gary. No, no, I understand that. But, it, but, 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 but doesn't the University of Miami have to decide if they want to be in Alabama's stratosphere? Yeah, Gary, I want them to get rid of Manny. You're talking no, but what I'm saying is they have to decide, do, do we want to be in Alabama's stratosphere? Period. That is the decision. If, if, they, if you make that decision, then the rest of it takes care of itself. Okay, based on their actions, no, they don't. If the answer is no, that's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but if the answer is no, then declare that the answer is no. Just don't lie to everybody. That, that's what I would say. Uh, you know, Duke doesn't pretend – that it's going to be Alabama. Vanderbilt doesn't. Wake, even Wake Forest, which is, might be the best team in the ACC this year. They don't, they're not pretending that they're ever going to be Alabama or Georgia. Nor is Purdue 
or like you could go on Missouri, like you could go on and on. Ninety-five percent of the teams in college football would never pretend or tell you that they're going to be Alabama or Georgia or be able to recruit like those. You know what the difference is with Miami? Miami can do it if Miami has the will and and gets the right people in the building. Miami is one of the programs that has the capability of doing that. Most in college football do not. That's the difference. Probably including Oregon, as well as they're doing there. I don't know that they could ever build a roster like Alabama or, or, or Georgia. And that, people say, why would Mario Cristobal come to Miami? That's why he would come to Miami. Because at Miami, he would have a chance to do that. Well, well hopefully we'll get to see it. Look, let me ask you a question. Do we have – is our recruiting not doing anything because they think Manny is leaving or is he staying or Manny no, is staying? Has nothing, has no, it has nothing to do with that, Greg. They started out June 1st. They had every recruit on campus. They, they did a great job. They had every, every top-tier recruit was on campus June 1st when recruiting started. Um, had a great barbecue that day. We talked to every one of them. And it just hasn't gone well. Once everybody started recruiting and they started taking visits and, and talking to coaches and everything along those lines, it just hasn't gone well. You know? and, 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 and right now they've got to hope to hang in there and do what they did last year. And, you know, when they picked up a Leonard Taylor and a James Williams at the end of the day and, and, you know, but, but right now it doesn't look like they're getting hardly any of these elite players. And the one guy that I think is potentially really, really good, and that's Graves. And I like what I'm seeing of Jacuri Brown's development also. Uh, He's hanging by a string right now. And thank God that Florida is struggling just as bad because they had him flipped a couple weeks ago, and now that they're struggling, maybe they don't have him flipped. You know, maybe maybe it's a little bit more even than what it was going to be. But well, recruiting is a struggle. I mean, they're, they're starting to go to some plan B kids on the offensive line. Um, and of all these, you know, all these top players in South Florida, they're not showing signs that they're coming here. So, okay. My last see. quick point. What is the, we should be able to win the Coastal. Did you see what Virginia gave up 66 points to BYU the other night? How pathetic is this Coastal division? Think about it. Well, I it's mean, the same as it's always been. Be- it's a bunch of very evenly matched teams, you know, and and a lot of games that go down to the wire and, and are one play, two play games. And when you're playing those kind of games, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Greg, let, let me, uh, I got to let you go right now. Um, okay. I'm going to talk to you next week. Um, I got a guy that uh, has come into the lobby here that we're going to bring on who knows a little bit about what I'm talking about. He was in quite a few of those one play games. I remember a couple he won in 2017 with some great plays down the stretch, and that's Malik Rozier. Malik, uh, welcome to Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, man, doing great, doing great. Man, it, it was really refreshing today when we um, 
we're talking to Tyler Van Dyke, and, and he, he said, hey, I'm working every week with Malik Rozier. And we were like, really? You know, we, we, we didn't know that. And, uh, man, I imagine you got a lot of wisdom that you can impart on that young man. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Um, yeah, you know, that was something that I was actually surprised that he even told people. That was something that, like, I wasn't going to tell people because I just got to think it was in one business. You know, I kind of just wanted to just help him get better from behind the scenes. But, Obviously, he wanted to say, so, like, uh, thank you, Tyler. But, um, yeah, we do it every Wednesday. Um, we actually have coming up tomorrow, and um, it just depends. Like, sometimes we'll watch the first half of a game or the second half, and we'll just kind of go through live game reps, and then sometimes we compare the game reps between the game reps and the practice reps to see, like, how fast they were and what were the differences and what he saw and different things like that. Um, you know, I led – Coach Lashley and the coaching staff coach him through progression reads because I don't know why he's going where he's going. But I'll ask him, like, hey, man, why did you throw the left side fade? He'll be like, oh, because I moved the safety to the right. I like my one-on-one matchup, so I worked the fade. So it's just like kind of just understanding how his brain ticks and helping him out in certain ways. Like, I know there was one time on a fade ball in the red zone um, where, like, his feet, he didn't get his feet around. And half of it was because he tried to uh, do a play action, and I'm like, it's a red zone fade. If you think the linebackers can't get it, there's no reason to, to fake it. Now, if it's a red zone slant and he's going in towards the linebackers, then, yeah, you need to fake it to get him down. But if it's a fade going to the outside, just get your feet set if you know you're going to take it. Just small stuff to help him be in better positions to throw or just speed up his mental processing because that's half the battle. You know, a lot of people know what to do, but – Whenever you get in the games and things start to move faster, sometimes it's hard to really, like, slow the game down and understand everything that you got to do because you got to know what everyone on the field is doing. Now, obviously, you have a real unique perspective that you're bringing to the table here. I mean, you were coached for, for all those years and, and worked on all these different mechanical things, and I'm sure they jump off the TV screen uh, to you right away when, when, when you're watching it. Uh, here you have a kid who's playing for the first time, his mind has got to be racing like crazy, uh, performing unbelievably under those circumstances. But uh, the little mechanical things are likely probably to break down, right, Malik, when, when you know, you just got so much going on? Because, you know, when you watch a lot of your service, you guys can go back and even look at the UNC game and even the Virginia. There's so many throws to where he's making incredible throws, but it's all arm. And I, and I tell him, man, listen – you're God-gifted, you're blessed to able to have that ability. That was something I didn't have. Like, I didn't have the arm strength nor the arm control to be able to have my feet pointing left and throw a, a go ball right. Like, just some people can't do that. Fortunately, Tyler can um, So, I'm trying to get him to where his feet are aligned to where he can make that throw 10 out of 10 times and basically put it where he wants to put it. Because I'll ask him, hey, that ball was caught, but was it where you want it to be? Was it the exact spot? Was it a little low, a little high? And then he's like, yeah, I missed kind of here. Even though it was a catch, it wasn't where I wanted it. And then we kind of break down why. And so he understands why he's getting the results instead of just yet telling him this is what you need to do. It kind of explains it. So I try to go in depth. He's, he's definitely a cerebral kid. He wants to learn as much as he can. You know, any, any, any way he can get better, he's trying to. So, like, I, I really enjoy working with him. He's very humble. Um, I don't think that the winning has gotten to him. I think he just wants to keep on getting better and keep helping his teammates around him. So I think he's going to I think he's gonna be really successful at, at what he does. The last two weeks he's completed 76% of his passes. He's averaging 375 yards a game, seven touchdowns, one interception. 
So something that everybody's doing right with him, whether it's Rhett Lashley, whether it's yourself, is working. I mean, he was in a game on yeah. Saturday on the road at Pittsburgh where he had to be at his best because uh, he was playing against a quarterback that was putting up, you know, 515 yards yep. and, uh, and yeah. you know, uh, an offense that was, you know, really humming pretty pretty good in, in, in Pittsburgh. And he didn't blink, man. I mean, he didn't blink. And I'm, I'm assuming you were watching on TV. And, and, and what's going through your mind now that you're working with him as you're watching the level that he was playing at on Saturday? It was, like, almost uncanny. <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's weird. So, uh, so last year, I'm just going to say, it's last year I was on staff at Georgia, and I was around those players, and now I kind of get even more of a personal feeling because now I'm actually, like, coaching, and, like, I'm really in Tyler's life, and, like, I'm, I'm, like, seeing him develop. And it's almost like watching your kid grow up because I remember we working in the summer when Tyler was just a backup, and he didn't know whether he was going to get in or not or, like, what games he was going to get in now seeing him just like grow up and having to like learn full game breakdowns and under really understand it. Like you just see him grow from like one stage to another. So I think that's really cool. And I, I like really enjoyed, like I really enjoy seeing people grow on a mental level and just understanding the game because the biggest thing I can tell people, especially quarterbacks is that whenever you get to college, everybody's talented. Everyone can throw far, whatever. The difference is, is your mental approach to the game. So that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to give Tyler because, He's physically gifted. The coaching staff is going to put him with with progression plays that he can read. It's just about him doing his job and being fundamentally sound because he was God gifted. So I think that he's going to get better. And going into next year, there's there's some balls we got to pick. But, I mean, he's doing a great job. He's just competing. At the end of the day, most of the time, if you compete, you're going to win. You just got to just not give up. Well, you know, you you use the word growth. I mean, this has been growth on steroids. I mean, this is a kid that was quiet, no, you know, didn't really, you know, just just stayed to his business. wasn't flamboyant or anything. Uh, was splitting second team reps all through the spring and fall and into the season, and splits reps in the Central Connecticut State game. And then Jake Garcia, who and I said this earlier in the show. I'm, I know you weren't on, but like I think if you had taken a poll, if there's like 150 people between trainers and coaches and players and everybody in the program, if you had taken a poll in early September of those 150 people anonymously, who do you think is going to be the leader of this team in 2022? I think at least 75%, maybe more, would have would have anonymously written in Jake Garcia. And the reason was probably not because one stood out above the other from an athletic standpoint, I mean, when you watch practice, they're, they were almost identical. They could both make all the throws and everything. It was because of Jake's personality, his flamboyance, his, um, the relationship he had with his teammates, clearly, um, potential leadership skills and things like that. I think almost everybody would have said uh, Jake Garcia. And now, all of a sudden, Jake, and then Jake gets hurt, and now um, De'Aaron King gets hurt. And now, all of a sudden, Tyler Van Dyke is the quarterback. And this kid just totally transformed himself, Malik. I mean, he's come out of his shell. Everybody says it. Uh, they're seeing a personality in him that they didn't know existed. He's, he's become they – they, they voted him a team captain, okay, a, a freshman quarterback. They voted him a team captain. And now all of a sudden he's talking to everybody on, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. He's, I mean, they've seen they, – I'm, I'm hearing a total transformation has taken place. Have you seen this in the, in the FaceTime sessions that you're doing as well? Um, I can definitely say, yeah. I would say the biggest thing is that 
You know, at first, whenever we first started um, doing the FaceTime sessions, it was really because we couldn't work in person. So, like I said, we were working in the summer, and then I was starting around and training and everything. I couldn't – I was down there, but we didn't have time to train because just physical wear and tear on his body, I'm not trying to bang up his body or hurt him in any type of way. Um, but I was like, if I can't work you physically, then we can do mental stuff. You know, we started here and there just doing a couple Zoom calls, and then – after he started getting his starts, he was like, I want to make this mandatory. I like it a lot. So that's when I started saying, okay, like, it's finally good to know that you're serious because I'm always going to offer you stuff, but I'm never going to make it mandatory. As soon as you want it mandatory, I'm there. We'll work through whatever you want to work through for as long as you want to work through it. But it's like that was, to me was a big step for him when he was like, I want this to be mandatory because I realized that it helped me. To me, that was like a big part of the mental game. And so I've definitely seen that growth. Um, not as much as the personality side because we don't talk, like, each and every day. Um, but I think that has to come with confidence. You know, I think Tyler understands what it's like to be a leader. And sometimes whenever you're not the leader, kind of like how De'Aaron King was, it's kind of like, should I say this, should I say that? Because if I make a mistake and this is a starter, then, like, I, then I look bad. But I think the fact that he's succeeding, he's confident, he's able to speak his mind and speak it freely because, he can talk the talk and now walk the walk. And so it's like, I think that's why you're saying his personality is just his confidence. He's able to just go in there and speak freely and, and, and know that he can back it up. And you made that transition yourself. So you probably can help him a little bit in that regard, right? Yeah, no, I can. Um, I mean, I mean, he does a great job. Like I like my biggest thing is I want Tyler to be his own person. You know, like I, like I got kind of upset cause I know people were comparing him to like Ken Dorsey and like, that's cool, but, like, I want Tyler Van Dyke. No, nah, seriously, it's cool, but, like, think about it. Like, when you think about Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young, do they compare him to A.J. McCann? Do they compare him or even to any of the greats Alabama had? You think of Georgia. You think of Ohio State with, with C.J. Stroud. Like, they say that C.J. Stroud. They don't compare C.J. Stroud to Justin Fields or whoever. And it's like they let those players be those players. They don't try to put them in a past-tense category because, like, the game has changed. Like, I talked to Ken Dorsey, like, you go talk to Ken Dorsey and ask him, has the game changed? He'll say yes. Like, the offense I ran, defense that I saw was completely different. So, it's like, I get the comparison, but also, like, I want Tyler Van Dyke to be Tyler Van Dyke. I don't want him to be anyone else besides himself. So, just what I thought and had to say. All right, just to put all this in perspective for everybody, uh, you're working with, I guess, a company, operation called Quarterback Country. It's run by quarterback guru David Morris, who's worked with a lot of different guys through the years. Uh, currently, he's training yeah. Mac Jones, for example, a, a pretty experienced guy. And he's got you running the state of Florida, from what I understand? Yeah. Yeah, so I run um, the entire state of Florida. So basically, any kids besides – I mean, he has some of the panhandle because Mobile is closer to, like, Pensacola than me. Um, but for the most part, Central Florida, South Florida, even North Florida – um, all those kids, they, they train with me. So we have quarterly meetings. Um, we do in-person group sessions. So actually when David, when Mac Jones and David Smills were training for their NFL prep um, in Mobile, I was there with them. So I was there for like a month and a half, two months. And like each day I was up there. I was in the morning sessions. I was in the meeting rooms. I was in the NFL draft stuff because I eventually want to get to where I'm taking my college quarterbacks and putting them into the league and helping them go beyond college. Um, so I'm learning from David and, Obviously, his track record has been great. So it's like every time I get a chance, I try to learn more and more from him so that I can help guys like Tyler and other guys like Muskoki Perry and Jaron Williams that I also train just become better quarterbacks. And these are just college quarterbacks you're working with, right? Not high school kids? No. So I have – so I so 
I actually go all the way down to, um, I would say, 12 years old. And then I have another company that I'm actually created that targets kids between 2 and 11. And uh, wow. I heard you actually guys talking about um, quality control guys and, like, staffing. And I'm actually making a company that's potentially going to help with that as well. So I'm in cahoots with uh, the University of Miami to get that up and running and see what we can do. Wow. So you're so, you're you're yeah, becoming quite the entrepreneur, and, huh? Yeah, I mean – I gotta stay busy. Like I, I love to think. I'm, I'm definitely a, definitely a cerebral, mental guy. So it's like I try to find ways one that I can make money, but secondly, impact as many people as possible. So like, I, I said, okay, quarterbacks I can take between ages 12 to whenever, and I need a company that targets younger generations so I can help them become the person they want to be whenever they get older. And then obviously, I love Miami, so we're doing some, uh, some of the kind of you networks that Rick brought back with some different entrepreneurs and guys like college honks and some other different big organizations that want to help college kids after college. So this won't be stuff that directly affects um, current players, but guys like myself or people that didn't go to college, give them a chance to have an actual like job right off the bat. You know, sometimes that transition is hard from going from being a college athlete to being just a normal everyday person. And like, I'm trying to bridge that gap with this company and uh, huh. as well as do some other stuff with it. But there's a lot of stuff going behind it, but, be interesting and I'm definitely trying to help the University of Miami football because um the, I think the staffing part so I do kind of touch on that I know you, I don't know if you want to or not but I actually that actually intrigued yeah. me um so I'll kind of break this down first mother we're doing this so I would say it's not it's not a matter of Manny Diaz Rhett Lashley offensive defensive coordinators I know everyone wants to blame them everyone wants to say oh it's their fault you can say what you want but to a sense to me after being at Georgia when we were, like, in, like, the recruiting room and in, like, the film room, like, we were almost three deep. Like, there was three guys working with tight ends, like, just helping them with, like, film breakdowns, studying, helping them with just, like, small, tedious tasks that, like, our coaches are having to do on their own. And that was something that was really eye-opening to me when I was at Georgia was that the coaches, it wasn't that they had free time, but just tasks that were tedious but that had to get done was, was trickled down to guys like me were, like, I would say, okay, Todd Hartley's talking to a recruit, so I'm helping them make the installs. But, like, sometimes there's a coach at Miami that might not have someone underneath him that can then help him with installs or help him maybe go do something or help him run a task. And so I'm trying to develop a company that not only helps Miami but, like, gives funds to universities to help them with all sports and help them get, like, quality control guys and DAs and QCs that can really – and even recruiters for Miami because that's what we need as well. We need guys that can go in and grab kids from Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, California, basically anywhere. And um, my company is trying to involve all that in, into one. So I actually have been in talk with guys like Blake James and uh, Compliance at Miami about it, about just helping build bigger staff, not only with the football team, but just across sports in general. All right, so – we talked a little bit about Tyler, and now he's got four more games to play this year. He's played four. He's got he's got another four. And, and you know as well as anybody, one week has nothing to do with the next. And stringing these games in succession and playing at the level he's been playing the last couple of weeks, it won't be easy. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for him. No question about it. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree. You know, after. After each win, like, I remember after the first one, I was like, this is just the beginning. Like, like enjoy the win. I'm not telling you not to enjoy the win. 
But when midnight hits and it becomes Sunday, just know that's a new week, which means there's a new opponent, which means it's time to start all over again. Um, and that's like the biggest thing to teach him is, is to one, not only enjoy the celebration, but understand that there's an offensive coordinator, well, really for him, a defensive coordinator that's there on Sunday morning, whipping up every defensive scheme and everything that he can do to beat you on Saturday. And so it's like, it's just by the way he's preparing, you got to prepare that same way to beat him on Saturday. Um, so I think he's done a great job in just embracing it and being understanding, saying, yes, I won. I'm, I'm glad I'm going to celebrate it, but like, I'm hungry for the next week because I think that's the biggest thing that he wants to get better from week to week. Like he wants to get better from last week to this week, this week to next week. And I, I think that's like the biggest thing I've seen change in Tyler is that like his just eagerness to get better because he's succeeding. I think that he's, he's enjoying to play football. Well, you know, it's like, I think back to 2017, you guys are 10 and 0, you know, you pull out the Florida state game, you pull out the Georgia tech game. Uh, you're number two in the country, almost number one in the country, really. Uh, and you're going to uh, play a Pittsburgh team that you guys were expected to beat. And they just totally handed it to you on, on that given day. And, uh, that's the way that almost every season in the last decade really has been from, from Miami football, Malik. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like, talk, talk to us for a minute about the ACC and the coastal and all these close games and why they all seem to go down to the wire and get decided by one play or two plays here or there. Um, Now that you have the opportunity to reflect back and you get to also watch what continues to go on, Explain the ACC and the Coastal Division to us, because I think a lot of us are mystified. Do you want Do you want the honest answer? God honest, I really do. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna be honest with you. We're not winning in the trenches. They're, to me, the only school in the ACC that generally wins in the trenches week after week, year after year, is going to be Clemson. It's just, it's just that's how it is. When you think about Georgia, you think about Alabama. Where do they beat you at? Like. Our skill players are just as good. Like, we got four and five stars at our quarterback, at our running backs, at our receivers. Okay, that's cool. That's fine. But it's like if you don't have guys to consistently and, and dominantly protect your quarterback, you're going to lose. If you don't have guys – and I'm not knocking any of our defensive linemen because I know we have great ones. Like, we bring out freak defensive ends every year. D linemen is great. But it's like I think that when you watch teams like Georgia, like, we probably rotate, what, like two or three guys in outside of the four starters. You look at Georgia and, like, J.D. Davis, who's their best defensive lineman, doesn't even start for them. He rotates in on second and third down. And J.D. Mm-hmm. would be a starter that we wear out every play. But because of their in, their identity and understanding that the only way to win football is to win the trenches, whether you're in the I formation or the spread, you've got to win in the trenches. And I feel like, to me, a lot of us is we focus on getting the five-star safeties and, and corners and receivers, which is fine, and you definitely need them. You, I promise you, you do. But I feel like to a sense is that we got, at least from, like, from my understanding, is that after being at Georgia, you've got to push for the interior guys. Those are the guys that make and break you. Like, year in 2017, we had R.J. McIntosh and Kendrick Norton. Disturbances. All game, all day. You couldn't block them. Same way we played Clemson. Their front four, you couldn't block them. It's just like when you have guys up front that you can't block, it doesn't matter what five-star you have because now your corners can play a little looser because they understand it's more quick game being thrown because the quarterback doesn't have four seconds to do a double move with a receiver because he's going to be sacked. So to me, I think that's where the biggest in the ACC in general, I didn't say Miami, but just in the ACC, I feel like we have great skill players. Think of Florida State, in UNC, everything is skill-based. There's nothing that like deals with the trenches and you go look at the SEC and it's the complete opposite. They have good skill players, but 
they produce a lot of top offensive linemen and defensive linemen consistently each and every year. So I think that's where, like, I kind of wish that – I mean, I'm selfish to Miami, but I wish that we would mold more of our senses to get bigger and better D-linemen. I know we have great ones, and I think that, like, guys like Ford are, are big and they're bruisers and they're guys that we need. But I think we, need, we just need to be deeper. We need to get more young guys active, and I think that that will help us in the ACC. So I know that's what we're lacking is, is interior defense and offensive linemen. And that becomes a recruiting situation. I mean, they're, they're, it's hard to get those guys. There's not a lot of them in the southern half of Florida. And you've got to be able to go outside of South Florida and, and battle it out with the big boys, right? Well, yeah, you do, which is, which is why I was saying, like, my company, like, I've, I've already talked to three or four guys that um, I'm in potential of bringing back. Just know they're at some SEC schools. They're at some – a couple of them are at some highly ranked SEC schools. Like, I'm not going to say which and where, but um, – those are guys that, like, they can go into states like Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia and, and grab kids out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, I remember there was a four-star lineman from – a linebacker from Alabama that, like, because he went to my high school, I was able to offer him. And Georgia was in his top three just because of that. So it's stuff like that. Uh, not just because of that, but that was, like, one reason was because we had that mutual connection and he felt comfortable with, like, reaching out to Georgia and, instead of going to Bama. His name was Shamar James. You can – Looking at when to Faith Academy linebacker, like I, I offered him when I was at UGA because um, I was in the recruiting world. So, like, I've seen everything. And I know how other, like, SEC schools like Georgia, I know how they operate. I know what they look for. I know exactly. So, it's like I'm trying to bring guys with like-minded minds because that's what we're trying to get to. I heard you guys talking about earlier. Like, we're trying to be like Bama. We're trying to be like Georgia. Okay, so let's go out. Let's get guys that are at Georgia and at Bama. Let's bring them back. And let's, like, let's bring them to – to, to hear because honestly, like I, I know personally a lot of people not saying they're at Georgia, but at other universities that are very successful that want to come back to Miami. And so like, I'm trying to bring them back in any way I can to help one with recruiting because that's some of their love is their passion is recruiting and getting kids and helping kids develop throughout college. So it's like bringing in guys like that, not even saying coaching staff, but just guys that will help us recruit and go on to states like Alabama and pull an offensive lineman out that in the past has gone to Bama or Auburn or LSU or somewhere. So, are you talking support staff? Yeah, I can't do grad assistants because grad assistants are – they're actually like students. But, like, our QCs and, and recruiters, we're trying to build a company that slowly helps them um, integrate into Miami because Miami's a hard city, man. It's the second uh, what, second highest, like, living city in the U.S. after L.A. or maybe New York. I don't know. I know we're number two with uh, living costs, living expenses. So it's just, like, find different ways that – we can implement um, different stuff to, to help them. Um, we'll see how it goes, but it's, it's been very positive so far. I've already talked to a couple of top-ranked guys, and, and they're definitely interested in coming down. So it's just about just getting everything going, really, to be honest. So you're talking almost about a placement service, like there are in many industries, a placement service for football programs for support staff people. Well, it's more – so yes and no, it is that, but it's it's almost like an educational stuff because like okay, so I feel like this. There's guys like Brandon Loomis, right? Brandon Loomis went to University of Miami. He was a support staff guy, helped out a lot, but it was also like him, like I said, with the the players. Like once you're done with football, like we're trying to help everyone after. So it it it, it will be stuff to where like hey, like um, we have uh, a way to help you guys come down here, but also it's like hey, like if you guys come down here, and let's say three years from now, you don't get the coaching job because not everyone is meant to be a college coach, even though you're, you can be really good at what you do. And it's just like, we want to help you act through that football as well. But yeah, to a sense, it kind of is. It'll be a way for us to at least help out and, and, and do stuff for different people. Um, not all of them will be quality control staff. It'll be people all across the board throughout Miami as well. 
Um, but it'll be also a way for us to help guys that are quality control guys that need help at the University of Miami so we can get guys back that that'll, that'll really help us. So it won't be just for them, it'll be for everybody, but they will be a target that we also target as well. All right, Malik. Well, we thank you so much for your, your time tonight. And if we can ever help you in, the, in, in these endeavors, you just let us know. And uh, maybe we'll have you also one night on the – we do a show with Lamar Thomas on Wednesday nights. That's a real hoot. And I, I know he would love to hear about some of the stuff you're doing. So maybe we'll have you on that show yeah, as well no, one I'm week. Yeah, no, I'm going through the process now with some business guys. I'm actually in Tampa right now. We're flying out for Augusta, and, and we're going to sit down for like three days and, and, and really get to work. Um, and, 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 and get the business model going. And I'm not going, but finalized this week. So I would definitely love to get on a call and we can go, go more in depth on it. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, exciting to hear about everything you got going on. And uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Have a great one. All right, Malik. That's Malik Rozier. Wow, man. That, that's some interesting stuff that he's got going on and uh, some great viewpoints that he gave us on Tyler Van Dyke and uh, – Sounds like he's got it all together, man. I'm impressed. I hope you guys were too. Um, all right, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? How you doing, man? Man, that was a, that was a hell of a segment, wasn't it? Jeez. Malik. Malik, bringing it strong. He was always a pretty impressive kid, you know, like uh, he, he was always known as a cerebral type of kid, you know, you know, um, he, did we always give him a fair shake? Probably not, but you know, he's a good kid. Yep. He's what you got kid. for us, man? Listen, I, I don't know if I have to stay off the internet, stay off of Twitter. I don't know what it is, but I'm getting... I'm confused. I'm just, I'm lost with what's going on with like Manny right now. There's reports all over the place. I don't know if they're founded or not. Oh, Blake James is out. He's gone. They're not, you know, they they want to replace the the AD before they even start thinking about a new coach, this, that, whatever. Like, like what's your take on this whole thing with, with, with I, all these rumors flying around that James is gone? He, he, here's what's going on from my perspective. A lot of people have a lot of ideas a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Uh, it's not organized to me to the point where it's going to need to be. I mean, I don't think there's – unless the president's office has the complete ultimate power and the unconditional say in what's going to happen, and that might be the case, then you know, I, I see – a lot of uncertainty, you know, I see different opinions. I, you know, there's obviously Blake James trying to keep his job. I think there's some people that are willing to help Blake James keep his job. Uh, I think there's people that unconditionally think that Blake James needs to be replaced um, even before a new coach is hired. And that's where those rumors are coming from. And, you know, you're, what you're talking about is what somebody said on YouTube yesterday, that that's what's going to happen. And it very well could happen. I'm not going to say that what was said on YouTube yesterday is not true. Um, I think it very well could happen that way. But I think that's one of multiple scenarios that are being tossed around by different levels of the university right now. And for me, it's very difficult to say exactly what the end game is going to be because the football team is winning. And there is a chance that they run the table and finish eight and four. And 
If they finish 8-4, and four, I don't think that impacts the decision on Blake James, but it certainly is going to impact the decision on Manny Diaz. And uh, so I can't really predict where, where this is all going. Uh, I do know, like I reported a couple weeks ago, that there's an understanding and a commitment, I believe, by the university to make a more substantial investment in, in football and in athletics in general. And the university has the money. This is not a poor university anymore. The, the, um, the uh, hospital, UHealth, makes an enormous amount of money. The university itself is profitable. And if they need to peel off $20 million or $15 million and put it into football, they have the money. However, uh, BK, these are not people who want to throw their money in the garbage can. You know, they didn't all become okay. successful throwing money in a garbage can. And they just don't want to write, you know, they're not going to say, okay, we're putting $20 million into athletics. Blake James, go have a party with the money. No, that's not happening. Okay. So I think if Blake James is going to keep his job, it's going to be because he has a plan in place on how to spend that money. And and the things that they need to do to take this program to another level. And I think that's the only way he saves his job. If, if he can't put together that plan and convince the powers that be at the university that he is a guy that can execute this broader vision for athletics and for football, then I don't see him staying. Now, beyond that, it gets more complicated. What happens with football? Who's the head coach going to be? Uh, I think there's a lot of agreement that the target would be Mario Cristobal. Uh, I don't think anybody's in disagreement on that, including Blake James at this point. Okay. But that's a complicated situation also, you know, I mean, is Mario Cristobal, who's got everything going for himself at Oregon, going to come to Miami if he doesn't feel right about the entire deal here at Miami. And, you know, some people say Mario would never come work for Blake James. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not true. Uh, I think people are talking a little out of school in that regard. The only person that should be saying that would be Mario, not anybody else assuming what Mario thinks. Uh, but th- that also could be very well true because Mario operates at a whole nother level than anything that they've ever seen here at Miami, including when people like Jimmy Johnson and Butch were here being successful because the business of football has changed. Okay, you just heard Malik talking about what's going on at Georgia. I mean, it wasn't always like that. I mean, it the business of football has changed, okay? And Miami needs to operate at a level that it doesn't even know exists because it has never operated even close to that level. And the question, the first question that must be answered is, does Miami want to operate at that level? I think they would tell you yes. And then the next question that has to be answered is, can Blake James execute that? And before they can do anything else, they need to answer that question if they haven't already. Okay, and if the answer is no, then yes, he is going to be out and he is going to be replaced. Um, my guess is right now he is trying to prove to them that he can be the guy to execute. You know, I'm right. sure he's had the conversations. I'm sure he knows where this is going. And uh, my guess is that where it is at as we sit here tonight is he is trying to prove to them that he can be the guy to execute. Now, right. but is what he going to be successful? Go ahead. I'm sorry, but what can he possibly say, you know, to, to well, all the powers Well, I mean, be, you heard a little bit about of it. actually convince them that he's the man for the job after he was so adamant, was willing to die on the Manny Diaz sword 
because he didn't know any better, BK. He, he, he didn't know any better. Right he blew it. He blew it. He didn't know any right. better. So now they've just so spent three years of this. To, to take that bad taste out of people's mouth? I don't know. Go, you tell me. Do you have a bad taste in your mouth, BK? Hey, BK, well, you have a bad taste? Okay, what can he do? For the fact, nothing. <laughs> but I'm not the guy fighting for my job. I'm not the guy fighting for my job. No, I'm saying, what can he do to get that bad taste my... out of your mouth, is what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe he has some... I mean, we've, we, 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 we've no been hearing idea. bad taste all night. Steve had a bad taste. Greg had a bad taste. Yeah, Ross, we, Ross had a bad have, taste. I think, have, I think we all have a bad taste, Gary. I think we all have a bad taste. But but interesting, um, interestingly enough, like uh, I'm not sure if the number is right. Maybe you could correct me. Um, I read somewhere today that uh, Frank came out, you know, a little statement talking about the well-being of the university. Aren't they getting ready to crack the $2.4 billion endowment mark for like the first time or something like that? They might be. I don't, I don't really follow that stuff, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's a billion dollars. Jesus Christ. Like they could peel off a couple of, um, you know. No, they like have, they have money. I just told you that. They have plenty of money. The, I think the hospital made four hundred million dollars last year or something. They have money. It's a, don't worry about money. Yeah, I just didn't think it was. But that doesn't mean they want to throw it away, it BK. Much, yeah. They I, made, I don't know what the much. exact number is, but they money. made a lot of money. Don't worry about money. Yeah. Yeah. They they have money, but that, like I said, that doesn't mean they want to throw it in the garbage. Right. They want I to just plan. Can't see them. Right. They might keep Manny and say, "Listen, let's get a guy in here first and let him make the decision." But man. To keep James and have him, how is he going to talk his way in for him keeping his job? I can see Manny doing it, but how is he going to do it? Jeez, man, that's, listen, he should put that in a book, keep his job, after selling to, to the board of trustees that he should keep his job. Because that would be a number one bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a number one bestseller if he could manage that. But listen, Gary, as usual, thanks a lot. Keep me on hold. All right, BK, thank you for being part of the show, man. Um, always, right. always appreciate it. I mean, I'll ask this question of everybody. What can Blake James do to get the bad taste out of your mouth? You know, I mean, I mean, I, we, we've, we've heard from, you know, what, eight, nine guys so far tonight? I think everybody, I would safely say, has a bad taste in their mouth. I haven't heard from anybody that doesn't. What can Blake James do to get that bad taste out of your mouth? And continue to have your support as the athletic director of the University of Miami. Because right now, I don't see a lot of support. I see the top boosters in the program disinterested, not even attending home games in some cases. I see nobody traveling with the team or very few people. Uh, I, I think they had Golden Cane weekend in Pittsburgh this weekend. I'm not sure how many Golden Canes made the trip. Uh, so I don't want to speak out of school. I have no idea. But I know at the stadium itself. There might have been 100 Miami fans at Pittsburgh when normally there would have been several thousand for a game like that. I mean, there was no Miami fan presence at all at that game, really. Um, a little small section at the 50-yard line and another small section over by the goal line. That was it. So the Miami fan that came out, what, 20, 25,000 at least strong two months ago in Atlanta is totally disinterested in going to games now. So what can Blake James do to get you back? What can he do to get that bad taste out of your mouth? If anybody has any great ideas tonight, would love to hear them. In the meantime, let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
Hey, Gary, so what's your, fat, your Sebastian, man? This is this is a critical week. What's up, man? You got this anything for us? You, you have, do you have a bad taste in your I, mouth? I do. I do have a bad taste in my mouth. I've always had a bad taste in my mouth because I tell you how many people can make a $20 million mistake and still keep their job. Well, how does he get the bad taste saying, out of your mouth? How does Blake James do it? Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'm, I'm going to play a hypothetical game with you, but you got to give me some time because you normally run me off the phone. So, how, how I'm not going to run you off, but don't get long-winded because I get yelled at for that. If I let you go on too okay, long, gonna, I'll get screamed I'm not going to get long-winded. Okay, this is how we get the bad taste in our mouth. We win the next three games, okay? We win the next three games, and the third game of the season, I think we played Virginia Tech. We pretty much have to just about blow them out. I mean, look, I mean, look impressive in, like, all three phases of the game, all right? We're in contention for the Coastal, okay? And we have to go to be, play Duke, which is the day after Thanksgiving, um, to uh, put ourselves in contention to be the Coastal representation, all right? Now, we need help. We don't control our own destiny. But, I mean, there is a chance. It's a slim chance, but it's a chance. And just by magic, all the Ducks line up, and, we, and we're the Coastal representation. At the end of the day, all we can all we can do is say, look, we're representing we're representing the coastal, and we're going to play for the ACC championship game. We play Wake Forest, okay, who is the Atlantic champion, and they are probably one loss or probably the undefeated. All right, now, and we show up. I mean, we I mean we beat Wake Forest. It's not competitive, and oh my God, nine and four Miami is the ACC championship game, and now we're going to a bowl game. Maybe the eight, we may go to a Chick-fil-A game. We may end up going to the Orange Bowl. Now we're in the Orange Bowl, and the fans are like, well, shit, we have a chance to win in 10 games, all right? I think you'll see Blake James. I think he'll actually come out, and then he'll get a chance to be able to talk about the vision of Miami and what he expects. You know, Miami's a place where we could tip for championship. We're so glad to have won the ACC championship. You know, after having a tough year, we played the top schedule in the – we played the toughest schedule in the uh, – whatever, in college football. I mean, we played the number three team. We played the number four team. They're both in the uh, championship, bowl championship series and stuff. And now we're playing in the ACC, and we're playing somebody. I don't know. Maybe play Alabama. Maybe we've been up playing Cincinnati or something like that. And we went. And we're a ten. We're a ten and fourteen. We won the ACC. We won our bowl game. It's just shit. It's just going to be very, very hard to be mad. We're not going to be satisfied with uh, Manny Diaz and stuff like that. But if you do all of that, and you're sitting at ten and four compared to, and we go on that type of a run where the ACC championship, we win a, we win a big-time bowl game against a quality team, I don't know, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Ohio State, somebody. Eight I mean, straight victories at that point, the, Sebastian. Oh, that would be eight mo- straight wins. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying. The mo- no, I'm just saying the it mo- would be eight, eight wins in a row. I mean, Gary, just, all that. I, mean, I mean, everybody's still mad the way they feel right now, but if you win eight games, you win the ACC, you win the, you, you win the Coastal, you win the ACC, you win the bowl game. You know, you're sitting at 10-4, and four and you did that with a rookie quarterback, you know, with the worst tackling team. You run, you run off eight games. I mean, the room, the smell in the room just really changes. 
yeah. it just really, really changes. I'm not saying it's going to turn around recruiting, but you know, Manny's sitting up there at on on the, at the uh, at the uh, what do you call it at the um, stage holding a big <laughs> trophy. I mean, just work, work with me. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you go you go from losing six straight Power Five games to winning eight in a row, winning the ACC, and winning the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that'd be pretty and damn good, it, man. And, and you sitting in Miami, and Manny Diaz is sitting up there and saying, "Pretty basically, look at me now. I'm holding up the Orange Bowl championship." I mean, you and, know, and, and, and Blake is saying, I, I "Told you, the, I, I told you so. I told and, you that this, Blake, that this was going to happen." Yeah, you, there you go. There you go, Gary. Blake is right there standing <laughs> right next to Mandy. They're on the stage holding up the Orange Bowl championship in Miami, looking around saying, you want to fire this coach? <laughs> man, that would, be, this, this, that would be special <laughs> to watch, man. I, I mean, we're only two, we're only two games you into your eight-game. We're two games into your eight-game fantasy here, but, man, you that would be special me, to watch. Gary, you wanted me to be creative. And you want to like tell it. me how I can take the get the I want you wanted to know how I get the bad taste out of my mouth. You know, I like even it, Matt man. Shodell would have to, even Matt Shodell would have to say, I don't know, how do you fire this guy? I mean, I've been wanting him to go for the longest, but ACC championship, we beat Ohio State in Miami, Manny's holding the trophy, Blake is sitting over there saying that, you know, better years are to come. I mean, come on. <laughs> now, I like those, it. Now those, Okay, okay. So that's that's how you get the bad taste out of my mouth. All right. That's how you get the bad taste out of a lot of a Kane's. That's how you get the bad taste out of a lot of Kane's mouth because, I mean, Gary. I mean, we 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 can see the train wreck coming. We can we can just see the train coming down the track, and the person's on it. We know how this is going to end up. But if you wanted to know what's going to change the smell in the room, that's it. All right. So that's it. Now what? Okay. What train do Here's you see? Point. What's the flip side? What's the train that you see? What do you? What do you? How do you see this playing out now? Gary, man, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I've been telling you November sixth was the day, and I've been telling you Georgia Tech, and I've been telling you that man, I love these guys playing so hard or whatnot, but we end up with a thirty to ten game against Georgia Tech on on Saturday, and it's not competitive. I mean, Gary, where are we? Where do you think we're going to be? I don't see that. There is, I don't think they're that good. I think, I think they're capable of, of putting a good game together. But I wouldn't be surprised if it, if, it, if it turns out to be like another typical ACC Coastal game. But I don't think they're coming in here and blowing Miami out. I don't, I'd be shocked if that happened. Let me ask you this one question, okay? And I'm not going to ramble tonight. But let me ask you this one question because there's two other points I want to make. If we lose 40 to 10 Saturday night. To Georgia Tech. The Georgia Tech at home. Ooh. After after we've seen what we've seen the last two weeks, what are you going to be talking about? Uh, I think that would be it. Okay, I've been saying November sixth the whole entire time. I mean, I'm just saying I'm not going to be surprised. I, I hope it don't happen. I don't want it to happen, but I'm just saying I would not be surprised. I mean, I'm I'm just not sleeping on this Georgia Tech team, and the re- and the reason why it's not so much. Georgia Tech is better than us. It's just that we make so much self-inflicted wounds that we can't get out of our own way. When I saw the kid transfer today from North from North Carolina, the question I was asking was, I mean, why did we recruit him? Yeah, I mean, we could say that. I felt that way when they did. I felt that way when they did recruit him, Sebastian. You know, 
I'm, I'm, you know, he's not a bad kid. I don't know him. It's nothing no, of course he's not a bad what kid. About, what I'm thinking about is, man, we could have used a guard, or we could have used a tackle, or we could have used that scholarship for a linebacker, or middle linebacker or something. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what I'm saying. I'll give you a couple of other things. You know, like I, I was before the Ty, uh, Austin Cade situation that happened this weekend, I started asking the question, where is this guy? Why does he never play? I think his, dad, I think his dad's asking the same question. I think his dad's asking the same question. But he's another one that maybe maybe shouldn't have been recruited. That's my point. I'll tell you another. I'll tell you another kid. You know, when we had the issues at safety and we couldn't tackle and stuff, what happened to Jalen Harrell? Remember, remember that guy? Yeah, he lost. Lost. I don't think you'll ever see him. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, you mean to tell me? I mean, he was a three-star. I mean, you mean to tell me you can't get nothing out of him? You can't get nothing out of, I don't know if his name is Keyshawn Washington, the guy from South Dade or something like that. You mean to tell me you can get absolutely nothing. I don't even know. Now that you're mentioning it, I don't even know if he's even out there right now. I don't know. i got to find out what happened to him. So the point I'm trying to make is this, and this is what I'm trying to say. Man, the kids have. I enjoyed that Pittsburgh game. They played so hard. I'm, I mean, I'm just enjoying watching. You know, Cam Kitchens, you guys were saying he was the real deal. That guy is. He's going to play on Sundays. I'm just telling you. I mean, he's not physically there, but mentally, I mean, that is the, that's the kind of safety you want to have back there. And you got him and James Williams. The future does look bright. But here is the point I'm trying to make. When I look at this coaching staff, the success we have had, has come from the portal. You know, we don't get the success by being able to go in kids' living rooms and telling them and giving them the vision of why you need to come to Miami and how you can change this program and how it's going to be able to change your life. I have met Nick Saban. I have met Kirby Smart when they were trying to recruit a kid. And, you know, Kirby hit it on nail on the head. If, if we can't recruit, we're just, we're on the same playing field of every other college. That, that's we're on the same we we're on the same field as Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, um, Ole Miss. You know, just you know teams that you know you really don't think that you can win a national championship. And the sad thing about it is, the truth of the matter is, is if we're able to keep twenty five, thirty percent of the top talent in the state of Florida, that gives you a chance every single year to win ten games. So. I don't know how we get out of it, you know, and, and, and you, when we talk about the decision that the leadership has to make, at the end of the day, we will know what kind of football program we're going to have for the next two, three years by the decisions they make at the end of the year. There's nothing, so when I tell you nothing, what's going to take the taste out of people's mouth, what is going to change the perception, what is going to cause us to think in a different direction, eight straight games. That's what it takes. Coastal, ACC. Big time bowl game against Ohio State. We have to think differently now. But if you don't deliver on that, Gary, there's no hope. No hope whatsoever. I mean, right, like I told you, I've gone to the last. I've gone to the last four games. I have not seen the Canes win on the field, and I just can't go to another game. I would not. I would like to go to the Duke game in North Carolina, but I'm not going just because I don't want to go there and see them lose. Well, there'll be five thousand people there day after Thanksgiving, they're the worst team in the ACC, and nobody from Miami's going. There will be nobody at that. Well, It'll be a, well maybe, maybe, maybe not, but 
what I can't stomach, what I can't do is ruin my Thanksgiving by going all the way up there and seeing us lose to a team like Duke. That, that that's what I'm trying to say. But anyway, keep me a hold. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about those kids that I just I'm sitting up here saying, why do we recruit these kids when we when we never give them a chance to get on the field? Like I mean, they can't. They had to have some sort of talent for you to offer that kid a scholarship to say come to University of Miami and they can't even play. Like the, when I saw the 34 at linebacker and I didn't see Tyree Boston Cave and I didn't see like uh, uh, Johnson's brother number 51 on the field or the guy from Orlando on the field as a freshman, I was sitting up here just saying, man, ain't no way. Ain't no way I was, I was pretty surprised as well, but I but I understand they don't have linebackers that can really play, so it's a bad deal there. All right, Sebastian. All right, keep me on Thanks hold. for being Eight part of the show, games. man. That's the dream. All right, bye-bye. All right, my man. I, I like your dream. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 as we get ready to head into hour number three tonight. Man, we've had a good first two hours. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Uh, great show tonight. Let's go to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Sad Kane Kane. Just run the damn table. I said shit three, four weeks ago. We got better talent than all of them. I don't care if they fight Kirby, Herbie, or whoever. I don't give a damn no more. Just win. If they keep man, if people say, oh, Kim, you want to, man, I get tired of getting up every weekend and wearing my Miami gear in Virginia, and they're like, oh, they suck, Kim. They lost again. Bad enough, I got to wear the damn Dolphin shit. We'll never win. But that's a different story. But with the Canes, just win. The young talent doing good. And I'm like one of the first callers or whatever it was, Gary. Um, man, stop crowning TVD. He done good. He has done real good. Just let the man play. And I like what he said. I ain't trying to compare myself to nobody. I just want to play. That's what I like to hear. Just play the damn game. You know, because as soon as he do something bad, you know, your board will light up. Canes, well, oh, DVD ain't no good. We should have played Garcia. Look at them three interceptions. Don't think he won't have a bad game. He won't have a fuck-up game somewhere down the line. Excuse my friend, because it happens to all players. So let the man enjoy it. Let the freshman, let everybody just enjoy the victories. We're happy. I don't think I'm making it in Miami no more this year, but that's fine. I ain't going to the Duke game because Duke ain't no good. The toughest game left to me is always that rivalry with them Seminoles. Other than that, I'm just space and win. Now, the ACC championship, we might not get that because Pittsburgh – Needs to lose to North Carolina or Virginia, and Virginia needs to lose to, excuse me, Virginia Tech at least, because, you know, Virginia Tech usually run them. But if we run the table regardless, like you said, are they going to find Manny? Well, go ahead, get rid of Blake James. But I just don't see him fine if the man went out, even if he should, though, because the defense, he's a groove. That defense ain't been no groove. Even though they were playing Kenny Pickett, they threw for 519 yards, but our boy threw for a whole lot, too. And big plays, the defense stepped up, you know, the young boys stepped up. It's just, it's just a good feeling. So it ain't no negative right now. Recruiting can't get better, needs to get better. I still say you got these teams, like you say, want to be Bama. Man, Bama, them, when Saban came there, the checks came and everything else came. It's hard to be on top of them. But guess what? Hopefully they don't be in the championship. I hate them. Can't stand Bama. Never liked me, Saban, when he left Miami. He didn't want to come there. Certain people better at coaching pros. Certain people better coaching college. He wanted the money, but he saw that won't him. I'm going back so I can teach people. You can't teach kids and telling them and tell them what to do. Ain't going to happen. But with all that being said, 
Shout out to Meister. I got to give you a shout out a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Meister, if you're still up here. Hey, man, let's just keep winning, man. We'll call you next week and we'll win, and the next week we'll win, and the next week, hey, we're going to run the table. That's all I got to say. 305, ride or die. Take care, buddy. All right, Kane, Kane. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show, man. Let's go to the uh, 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. How you doing today? What's up, Jake? How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. So, first thing, I, I just wanted to say, you know, this ain't kiss and ass or anything, but I, I really appreciate it. I want to thank you. Just You're doing all these shows, the, the Kane Sport Live, the the Kane Sport Now, uh, Lamar Thomas, all that. I appreciate you taking all that time. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, you'll probably hate me in two minutes when we start bantering back and forth, but I just wanted to say, like, you know, uh, the, the content you guys are putting out, really top-notch and, uh, you know, really enjoyable. Uh, you know, makes uh, some entertaining hours during the week. And, uh, uh, no, I really enjoy that. I appreciate it. So I know you take a lot of time out of your day doing that. Um on to uh, Blake James. <laughs> this weasel. I, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have cared about the guy. He's an athletic director. I saw some players and coaches and whatnot. I couldn't tell you. Ten athletic directors in this country. But then that stunt he pulled. I, how would he ever pull a, head, a quality head coach into the program after pulling that stunt? You guys got to go. Like, Who's going to come work for him? Oh, Gary, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. I, I, I oh. hit the, accidentally hit the uh, the mute button. But, uh, yeah, no, it oh, was yeah, that. I thought, my, uh, I thought my Bluetooth died. <laughs> no, 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 no. My, my, I accidentally hit the mute button on my headset. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it was bad. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. It, it, it I mean, just like a, beyond Mario, but let's even, you know, if you're talking, uh, you know, some of the other names out there, uh, uh, you know, Billy Napier, who, who, who's going to play for a guy like that? Who's going to toss you under the bus when you're on, you know, you're on your dying breath and he's, he's going to be the one to, to put the knife in you. Nobody's ever going to play for that clown. You know, well, and then the uh, and then the funny uh, thing is, then then you peel off two straight victories. <laughs> I mean, oh, if there ever I mean, was a was there ever a better in your face? <laughs> I couldn't be. Well, that's you know part of the thing. Like I don't know, our, our fans. I sometimes I think we're nuts. Uh, uh, I mean, myself included. I, but I, you know, we just won. Like have a little joy in your life. Enjoy it. You know, like is you like you always say, it, this stuff's gonna play out. It's going to be what it's going to be. If, if Manny loses on Saturday, he's probably getting the X. He's out the door. If he wins out this year, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I kind of think he has to be convincing the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, th- this is a pretty weak lineup. We've been playing all these, you know, and, uh, like these last couple of games, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that kills me is like, you know, all of a sudden uh, NC State and Pittsburgh are just mediocre, below average garbage teams because we beat them, and it's like, you know, come on. Like, <laughs> let the kids have their moment. It was a good win. I mean, you, you went that was a that was a loud crowd. I, I, I was driving down to Miami. I had a, uh, an event down there for uh, something else, and, uh, uh, you know, we were listening on the radio. It, that crowd was loud. Like, you know, that, that's a tough game to win. Winning a road game against a good team 
you know, that Kenny Pickett, I mean, I rewatched that game. That, that dude's, uh, he's an NFL quarterback. You know, he, he's going to go high. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, is he the next Peyton Manning? Who knows? But dude's legit. It's, uh, you know, so, yeah, that's a big win. Uh, I wish it meant more. That's, you know, that that's a little disappointing this week, you know, like he could have, you know, pulled some of those games off. But, I mean, you even think we, we were we were down a field goal to, to Michigan State with four or five minutes left to go in that game. Last four or five minutes went to hell. But, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, who knows what to make of this team right now. But, you know, just keep winning. And uh, it's at least entertaining. Like, that, to me, that, you know, I, my value in life doesn't come from the Miami Hurricanes, but I like to be entertained with uh, my spare time. And these last couple of games have been entertaining. Let the kids keep going. This, the, you know, this, I, I know you keep saying recruiting's uh, uh, dead in the water and everything like that, and that's, uh, that's a common refrain. But there's a lot of young talent on this team. Now, you know, three, four games, you know, we'll, we'll, let's, let's see what happens. I mean, even with Tyler Van Dyke, you know, I, I hope the kids next Ken Dorsey or Jim Kelly or whatnot, who wouldn't, you'd be insane not to, because I mean, regardless of who's coaching, if you got a bona fide quarterback, who's, you know, first or second day NFL talent, you're going to win games. There's just no two ways around it. When you got a good quarterback like that, you're going to win games, uh, whether it's Manny or Mario or whoever, let's let it rip and root for that kid to succeed. I, by the way, the, the Malik Rogier thing, um, good for him. Awesome, huh? That yeah. was, that was really cool. Uh, good. Yeah. But, but how, like, so let's say Manny's back. Now, hopefully they get rid of that weasel. Cause I don't even know how Manny would work. I mean, obviously he doesn't have many choices, so you just gotta, you know, shut up and, uh, and rip it if, uh, if you're Manny, but, you know, upgrading the program, like, like you were saying, you know, the coaches are, are three or four deep at some of these big programs, the, the support staff and the recruiting program and whatnot. That's, you know, you, you want to get serious. I, I think that's, he, he wasn't joking. That's where you gotta, you gotta do it. You know, you, you hear Garen Justice uh, calling recruits when he's walking his dog and stuff. You know, you only got so many hours in a day. And I, I don't know, I'm not a biggest Garen Justice fan, but just as an example, like, you know, these guys need support staff. There's, there's a lot going on. This is big time business. You, you only got so many hours in the day. You do have to sleep a couple of them. And, uh, you know, it, it, the school, as you always say, they have money. Like, you know, spend a little. Let's uh, Don't just pay at lip service. Because even if Manny buys himself another year, put resources into it and put them in there smart. You know, spend the money. See what other programs are doing. Uh, talk to a kid like Malik Rozier. He, you know, he spent time in there. I mean, I was glad to hear they at least heard him out and whatnot. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's, that's the first I've heard of Malik Rozier and. God knows how long, but, uh, you know, but Hey, he was working in Georgia. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to get a little of that magic in our program? Like the, you know, it, it's just, uh, we've got the money. Let's spend some, let's spend it wisely. And, uh, you know, 
are we going to be a national championship contender next year or the year after? Probably not. But, you know, if, if, if you, you do the right things and you invest in this program, you could be very competitive. And to me, it just it, it blows my mind in that there, there's not only is there a desire from our fan base, and our fan base may be a little bit fickle and that they, they just, you know, uh, the, the second things aren't going good, everyone stops showing up. But from a program perspective, like, think about how much revenue is out there. We are, like you were talking earlier, the, the, the U, it's a brand. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, it's probably one of the most recognizable brands in, in football. Well, why not make it worth something other than just, you know, conjecture of, you know, every couple of years, oh, is the U back? Why not make it there? Like, you know, make it legit. Uh, the, you know, the, the money that, that the football program's making now compared to what they could if, if they, they fielded a bona fide product year in and year out, um, you know, and I always like, like Miami's kind of like the Darth Vader of football. You know, you can't have star Wars without Darth Vader. And like, <laughs> they want someone to make like, like Alabama is just not entertaining. You you want something, you know, Miami when it's at its best, it's just, it's entertaining. Uh, unfortunately, the only thing we've had even assembling any of that was 2017. And, but, but look how much fun everyone had and look how packed the stadium is. You can't tell me that that packed stadium compared to uh, three weeks ago or whenever uh, I was at the Virginia game and there's 10,000 people there, that's money. And, and so, you know, it, it's a compounding effect. I, I don't know. I, the, the, that's my rant for the week. I don't know. <laughs> all right, Jake. All well, thank you, as always, yep. thank you as always for being part of the show, man. We'll talk to you next yep. time. Appreciate it. You all got right. it. Take it easy. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you this evening? This is Adam. Yep. Oh, uh, my man, how you doing this week? Good. I, I want to co- correct something. Last week, a caller said that I wanted Miami to, like, throw their games and not win any more games. That could be fur- that's further from the truth. I want Miami to win all their games. I just recognize that with Manny Diaz in charge, we can't reach our full potential. Yeah, how, how dare somebody misrepresent you? Who said that? No, one of the callers after. It's not how dare. I just don't want to be <laughs> like a fly-by-night lately UM fan. With, I've been a UM fan. I'm with you. I was just kidding. Okay. All right. Thanks now, for setting the record straight on that one. What else you got? Well, no. Does Miami know how to run an I formation? This has been driving me crazy over the past two years. It nearly cost us the safety. Um, after the James William interception, could we not just run a simple eye formation, give the ball to Brown and move it out two to three yards? Are our linemen that incapable? Yes. Let me tell you something. They they were less incapable in that game the other day because Pittsburgh's defensive line was the most undersized uh, power five defensive line I've seen in a long time, man. They are really small. It looked like they were playing with linebackers up there. This isn't the Pitt D-line from last year. That's why it drives me crazy, and it drove me crazy in the Virginia game, and we got a safety out of it, that we couldn't run a simple eye formation or even a fullback dive or a QB sneak to get some breathing room. 
maybe it's the way college football has changed, but it's mind-blowing that Miami can't line up under center and just run a quick two-yard, three-yard dive. What, what are your thoughts on that? Just they, it's, the, the team is not built for power football on either side of the line of scrimmage. Okay. It just isn't. And uh, Malik Rozier, I thought, made, made a great point, and he's 100% accurate in that that's what, why Miami is a middle-of-the-pack football team right now because it doesn't have the personnel at the line of scrimmage, or in this case, a linebacker also. I mean, this is just yeah. not a, a top-shelf front seven on defense. But but isn't that on Manny as well as Of course as on it Aaron is. Justice? Of course. Okay. Of course. Yes, of course. But even if Manny runs the table, shouldn't uh, shouldn't um the powers that be tell Blake listen, you're getting Alonzo or you're getting a football GM or like issue like and I don't know what goes on behind the scenes at Miami. I do know that and this was through uh twenty four seven and Chris Stock that even Julio Frank was on thin ice because of the low law school ratings and things like that. And that's for another day. But wouldn't it make sense for the powers that be that say, okay, we're making a change and Blake, you're not in charge of this search. It'll be a collaborative effort because. Adam, he's not going to be in charge of any search. Trust me. Like they're not letting that happen again. It won't happen. It has nothing to do with anything else. There's, there's no chance that they're letting that happen again. The president's office has taken the whole thing over. And beyond that, everything else is just conjecture and BS, and people are throwing stuff on the wall because they want to say they were right, and they want to get attention, and okay. whatever. But it's like nobody really knows right now what's going to happen. There, it, it's, it's a wide-open landscape, and, and the first thing they have to decide is who has the power. I think it will end up okay. being the president's office. And I think uh, the president's office is going to come to the conclusion uh, that – they need to make changes. Now, whether that includes Blake James or doesn't include Blake James, I think will depend on, the, like I said earlier in the show, the plan that Blake James can put together and present to the president. Okay. Um, and um, one of my last points, are we going to see Avante Williams this week? Because I don't know if he played versus Pitt. And... Um, I know his suspension is over. There's a chance we see Avante this week. Hello? Gary? Hello? Hello? I lost him. Hello? No, I'm here. I mean, Avante missed a lot of time. I mean, I don't, I don't think that... Uh that Avante is physically or mentally ready to play. Oh, okay. Um, so, oh, so okay. I mean, you, you might see him a few plays here or there, but I don't think you're going to see a ton of them unless okay. the game's out of reach. All right, Adam? All right. Thanks for taking Sorry about that. We had, a, we had a slight audio uh, issue with, uh, with, with your line. I don't know what's going on, but uh, – Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. Have a great rest of the show. No sweat, man. Give us a call next week. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 251. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
251, are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, next time. Let's let's go to the uh, the 504. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing, man? It's Roll from New Orleans. Wait, give me a minute here. We're, we're having all kinds of audio issues for some reason on board. Gary. Uh, Hello. I can hear you. Yeah, who's this? Hey, man, this is Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, and the audio, the audio is going a little haywire on us right this minute, but we'll hopefully get it straightened out. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. I just wanted to uh, chime in. Didn't want to uh, be too uh, lengthy. I just want to get straight to the point. Um, I hope people don't just fall for these last two games and feel that Manny Diaz uh, still needs to be the coach of the uh, Miami Hurricanes because it's uh, – and when you look at the next four games, Georgia Tech, Duke, uh, who else do they play? Uh, uh, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Florida State. Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, Duke's having a losing season. Florida State, I think it's going to be a tough, tough game for Miami. Um, Georgia Tech, I think it's going to be a tough game. I just uh, personally feel, man, like I've been, everybody's been saying the same, same old, same old. You just go ahead and clean house. You know, I mean, they, it, <laughs> I don't care if they win the ACC. I'm just, you know, you know I'm just ready for change, man. You know, uh, um, and yeah, I don't want to root. I want, I want to root for the team, definitely. But um, I just think better coaching and better leadership can bring more out of what they have. And and, and the number one thing that you mentioned, and and you, and you you never get into it. And I'm glad you don't. At this point, I mean at all, is recruiting, 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 and you don't have linebackers, you don't have defense tackles, um, you got second, second, third tier offensive line that falls on the head coach and and his staff on uh, assessing players and determining, you know, what players will fit certain positions, and Diaz has been. The, in a program for six years, DC and head coach. And, you know, to be honest with you, none of these last two games, it's not, it's not even, it's not impressing me. It's just, it's just going through the motions, man. That's all it is. I just think they need to make that change at the end of the year, regardless what the outcome is, seriously. So I hope that um, they can clean house, bring in them, uh, Alonzo Hosman, go from there. That's it, man. Well, if they win, if they win out, I I don't know that that's going to happen. I really don't. We'll see. But oh yeah, uh, man, please. I hope <laughs> I'm not really so, against the team, but man, I just uh, hope we can. Uh, uh, you know what? The hell with. I don't. I don't. I don't want them to win out because I I, I want to change. So well, well we you know what? We have had, We have not had one caller tonight. We're two hours and 20 minutes into this show. We have not had one caller tonight call in and say the opposite of what you're saying. And you know, if, some, if somebody is out there that thinks opposite of this, please call in and tell us what you think and why. Because uh, we haven't had one caller tonight that's sitting there saying, I hope that this team wins these last four games and that Manny comes back next year and takes a shot at doing it all over again. No, I don't think. I mean, 
you got to be honest with yourself, and you got to look at. I mean, that defense. I mean, they were getting gashed, man, gashed in every every direction, and uh, you know, it was it was it was bad. It really was. It was. Uh, um, again, a lot of lack of discipline, um, accountability. Um, you know, I just wish there was. You know, from a head coaching perspective, uh, I've never seen Diaz just get in the player's face. And I've never seen Diaz, even with, with these penalties that have occurred, and they're just unnecessary. I just, I never see him getting in anybody's face. So I just, you know, we need somebody to get discipline, somebody that's going to truly recruit and understand the culture of Miami. So I just want to for my two cents and for me on hold. All right, Roland, thank you so much for being being part of the show as always. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've got 39 minutes or so left. Um, if there is a Canes fan out there that wants to see the team win these last four games, possibly go to the ACC championship game, maybe even fulfill Sebastian's dream of making the Orange Bowl as the ACC champion and winning that too and taking an eight-game winning streak into 2022. If there's any Canes fan out there that wants to wish for that to happen, please call in 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And uh, with that, we are going to go out to the 213. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, hi. Uh, it's uh, Peter from Los Angeles. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, Peter? How are you doing? Are you a new caller? I don't remember you calling before. I am a new caller. It's hard for me to get on on the West Coast, so I've like listened to everyone on recording for years but never called in. Oh, well, thank you for calling in. What you got for us? That's a pleasure. I have a few, I have a few things. I'm going to try to... Uh... Um, be brief. Like I was a college athlete, been a junior college coach. I mean, there's certain things that transcend sports from sport to sport. And the practice is terrible. And Matt Shodell talks about it all the time in the morning, a lot more lately. We, you know, like between Lashley and like anybody else in the staff who's been in other programs, is there a tension on the staff you've heard like scuttlebutt about because of how bad practices are run? Well, here when we were successful at this location, we did blank, but we don't do any of that here. And is there strain? Um, I think there probably was when they were losing. I think now that they've won two games in a row, I think there's probably a little less strain internally. I mean, I think winning – relieves some of that but you know i mean i think it would be a reach for me to say there's dissension i mean you can't say there's dissension in the program i don't believe that i mean i think they've done a pretty good job of staying together quite frankly i mean you know they dealt with a lot of adversity this year and you know to come back and win these last two games i mean i know they were tight i know they weren't perfect in some cases not pretty but I mean, you got to give them credit for that, and I'm not sure they do that if it's not an organization that's together, you know? Totally, I get that. Um, this, to me, and, and, you know, my regional bias, I, I, USC and Miami, in my eyes, I've lived in L.A. And, and Miami over the years, and they're 
private schools with a lot of weird stuff going on upstairs, the BOT level and everything else. There's, they're very similar scenarios to me, at least as far as comps go. It just feels to me like two years ago, like, you know, SC has Keaton Slovis. Oh, they're, they're eight and four. Everything looks great. Everybody around there knew they're practicing like garbage. They're falling ass backwards into some lucky wins, a string of them, in fact. And, and, it's, and it's a phantom, you know, mirage. And this is how I feel about this. And until they tighten that up, it, this does not look like a sustainable model. And, and you, I, I, I'm with everybody else. You've you got to clean house. I think the, the move is you get rid of Manny and Blake James. You call it Mario, and you say, hey, here's an interesting offer for you, Mario. You pick the AD. We want you here that bad. You can name your AD, and we'll hire him. I don't think it's ever been done before. Mm-hmm. It would be an interesting approach. I'm, I'm at a point where I think that the right coach, a, a guy like, like a Mario who can restructure the entire program is probably more valuable than your AD is in the biggest you know, money I, you know driver what? Honestly, sport in the whole department. I totally agree with you 100%. And I think that guy – who I mean, I've known the guy since he's 18 years old. I, you know, I mean, that guy with his uh, background and and who he's studied under, guys like Greg Schiano, Nick Saban, um, that he's learned from. I gotta believe that guy has the blueprint that can make this place successful. And I wouldn't be the least bit concerned. I'd have the least insecurity if the University of Miami said, you know what, we're going to hire this guy, we're going to pay him the five, six million a year that he commands right now, and we are going to give him the authority and the power that that type of salary needs to justify. Because if you're not giving a guy that you're paying five, six million dollars a year the power to run things, then you're hiring the wrong guy. You you can't hire somebody at that level and not give them the power and authority to run the place the way it needs to be run, the way they know it needs to be run. If you're going to do that, don't hire them in the first place. Don't waste their time, quite frankly. Don't even make the phone call. I think I said that a few weeks ago. If you're not ready to make a full commitment, University of Miami, don't. I mean, don't waste your time. Don't waste his time. Don't you? Know, but like that guy. You know, I mean, they they just announced a facility, a football facility in Oregon that he put together with Phil Knight that is going to be just unbelievable. I mean, and I'm not saying that they're going to tear down the the indoor practice facility they just built or whatever. And, and, you know, I don't think it's about that, but I think it's about a plan and it's about uh, understanding the blueprint for a successful program in today's college football. I don't believe there's anybody at the University of Miami that has any clue to that regard at any level, the president's office, the board of trustees, the athletic department, Blake James, whoever. You can pick anybody you want. There's nobody that understands what it takes to do this. And if you're going to go hire Mario Cristobal for $5, $6 million a year because you believe he does, then give him the damn power. And if that means that he has to be involved in picking the athletic director, fantastic. Because they got to work together in tandem to execute that plan. So I don't know. I think you. I think you got a brilliant idea there. Seriously. 
You got to call more often, me. Peter. You got to call more often, man. That, I mean, I, 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 I'll I think call you're... every week from now on. I'll get on. Yeah, man. Like that. That's a great. That's a great point you're making, and a great idea. And I'm, I'm all, I'm all down for it personally. I, I don't mean to, uh, to, to try to, you know, promo other platforms. There was another writer locally in, in, in the same kind of vein at, at a different platform who wrote extensively, like I think last week, about a lot of the problems within the power structure and the division and then like certain loyalties to Manny Diaz Sr., et cetera, et cetera, down the line. Yeah, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of split. That, that's accurate. There is split. Do you have like like what's your kind of gut? If you had to flip it heads or tails, you know what's kind of your call on where you think things are? Is it just dead even and utterly incompetent? And there's disinterest and there's interest and there's passion A, passion B. Like what do you really like? What's your gut feel behind the scenes? My gut feel is if they went out, that things aren't going to change because at the end of the day, this is a university that's never spent money like this on athletics. And I'm, I'm sure they're puking at the numbers, uh, you know, in terms of replacing coaches, hiring new coaches, uh, committing to the advanced infrastructure and all that. I could see them doing part of it, you know, but, but I think that if, if Manny wins these last four games, that he will be back in 2022. Uh, what will happen with Blake? I don't know. Um, I do think that Regardless, that the university will look to commit some amount of money to do different things, regardless of who the coach and the athletic director are. Um, my, uh, my. How much guess money is, does it cost? Do you think to to do ones versus ones full speed? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cost a whole hell of a lot to do that, does it? Does it, Pete? Not a whole hell of a lot at all. There's an expression like in track and field. I, I ran at Arizona State in college as a hurdler. And for the pros, they, there's an expression, you race your way into shape. You know, you do a lot of speed work, a lot of tech, but if you're like a 400 guy, 200 guy, you'll race your way into shape as the season goes on. That's what this team does. That's why they're so bad at the start of the season, at bowl games and after buys. But they can be good when they play enough games to play their way into shape because practice is so bad. I mean, well, I'll throw, I'll throw something else at you in that regard. I don't think this roster is deep enough to where if you're playing the ones versus twos, that they're getting any degree of competition along the lines of what they're going to get on game day. None. I mean, what are they bad at earlier in the year? Blocking, get, shedding blocks, coverage, getting separation. That's all practice. That's not scheme. Scheme's part of it. I mean, you can mask some of those things, but it, but the basic skill level is deficient, and you can tell that these guys have been going up against scout team people that are not prepared for the speed of the game when it starts. I mean, they start slow in the first half, and not the last two games, the previous two. It takes them a third of the season and a third of the game to acclimate to what's going on. It just seems really, really obvious. I mean, like, even in the NBA, somebody will tear an ankle in February. Oh, they'll play their way back into shape by May for the playoffs. You can do that if you're really, really, really good. These guys are not that good and they're not that mature. And to me, that's the biggest problem. You can see it play out. and it, There is talent. Guys have been good in high school. It takes them such a long time to reacclimate to the level of play around them when the game starts. That's just me. All right, Peter. Well, thank you uh, for 
for joining the show, man. Make it make it yeah, a regular uh, part of your Tuesday nights. Will do. Thanks so much. Love all the content. It's great. You got it, man. Have a great night. Uh, let's go to the 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, guys? This is Deuce from D.C. Hey, what's up, Deuce? What's happening, man? Not much. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> first of all, we're not winning out. We're not winning out. That's not going to happen. Like, I understand we we won the last two games. I'm ecstatic that we won the last two games for the players, not for anyone else but for the players because they deserve it. But we won the last two games by the skin of our teeth. They, they're winning in – in spite of Manny, not because of him. They're overcoming him sending Ryan Ragone and Corey Flagg out. Did you see Corey Flagg being a spy on Kenny Pickett? Did, did, yeah. you, did, you, did you see how long it took him to get anywhere in the vicinity of, of him? Like, this, like all, Tyreek Austin Cave has an, an axe to grind. I don't care if Avery Huff goes the wrong way. If he goes the wrong way 100 miles per hour, He'll still get there before Flag does. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like this, he, any, any, the the way that we improved as a team, those were things that were forced on Manny. They were not him tinkering and say, let me make this adjustment. If he, if if he, if he, as long as he could, he justified playing 26. As long as he could, he justified justified uh, playing 21, five, 96. 44, 11, 17. Like, you, you hear how many numbers I'm rambling off? These are, these are his guys, and he's going to play them. But these guys are not they're, – they're not good enough to do what he's trying to do. He's trying to blitz every down, Gary. I know. Almost he's trying every to blitz down. every down. You know, it's, you like, know what, though, no, honestly – Honestly, Deuce, I think it's because he knows he's they're, they're not good enough, and he knows that they can't do it. That if he just sits pat, that they will they will get destroyed. Thank you, Gary. And, and I think and I think he I think he that? yeah I understand. He's taking his shots. He's gambling like crazy. The offense is bailing him out, and it it, it worked two weeks in a row, man. And he, and and if it Who's works four more, fault? he's going to keep his job. Whose fault is it that he can't field a linebacker in six years? That's oh, any good, right? Like, I understand that. Keontre is solid. Keontre is solid. But Keontre is, is a change of pace guy. Keontre is a guy you bring in in packages. He can, Correct. You know, be, be, you know, he's, he's very he's not good. an every down and, linebacker. Right. Yeah. He, as a matter of fact, like, I can see him going to the pros and going to somewhere that might have a, a good defense, maybe like a Baltimore or, 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 or uh, Pittsburgh or something like that, and they use him every once in a while in certain packages and stuff like that because he, he still has to be able to hold up, right? But yep. what Malik Rogers said was 100% the truth. The reason why we're terrible is when we have good defensive linemen, we don't have good offensive linemen. We have good offensive linemen, we don't have good defensive linemen. And then we never have good offensive guys and skill guys at the same time. The last time we had that, we were actually good. We were winning 10 games. When, when Coker was here, it wasn't an issue with the with the trenches. It was replenishing it, right? Everything is about replenishing. Malik was was one hundred percent correct when we had RJ and we had Kendrick. We gave teams problems. That's what Manny looked, looked at his best. Then the next year we had Joe Willis. We gave teams problems. Nowadays, like I don't even 
I don't even know what we're doing. I don't even understand the rhyme or the reason why he will blitz 10 yards out, you know, three, four times in a series. Like, Manny, they see this coming. Everybody knows they see this coming. It's wide open gaps all over the place. So my thing is this. Ultimately, if you if you bring him back next year, we're gonna be we're gonna be sitting in the same spot. If it's if it's not, he's he's going to get fired. He's not going to leave or or resign or take another job. He's going to get fired. It's not a matter of if. It's it's when. It could be next year. It could be this year. It could be. But he's going to get fired because he doesn't have what it takes to attract the necessary people to get this thing going. Get All right, Dish, you got anything team. else for us tonight? Yes, sir. One one more thing. Go ahead. The next coach that comes in has to be a coach that can bring in linemen. If the, if the guy that comes in can't bring in linemen, we're going to be in the same position we're in right now. you got to be able to recruit on a national level. No question about it. That's why I am so in favor and have been for several years now of Mario Cristobal. The guy recruited not, the top player in nine different states last year in a COVID year where they couldn't even visit his campus. How about that? I, I don't I don't care anything about that. As long as they're linemen, I don't care where they come well, he's, from. I mean, he recruits line, I mean, he can recruit linemen. He, he's, if, he's got a reputation if, as one if, of the he, best developers of offensive linemen in the country. I, I, so. I'm, I'm 100% aware. So if, yep. if, I'm, all I'm saying is if, if you can't get me him, if it's not him, the next coach has to be able to get linemen. If you can't, you, 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 you're going to lose. Period. All right, Deuce. Thanks for being part of the show, man. You got it, man. Talk to you next week. Let's go to 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yep, 786. Go ahead, man. Hey, it's Joe. Joe. Hey, what's up, Joe? All right. Um, The one thing I can say, I was hard on man. I will say that. But the one thing, the kids, they fighting for them. I mean, the kids really fighting for him. Until my man Sebastian, I hate to turn his dream to a nightmare, but I'm with him as far as everything he said, except I know how to get the bad taste out of his mouth. Blake James resigned. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to the kids on that field, uh, Blake James not going to have nothing to do with that. Like, nothing. So he could resign. And me and Sebastian and all the rest of the Canes, we could be happy because I could go for that. And then one thing I got to say, Gary, as hard as ugly as it it has looked, despite all the Canes are actually a few plays here and there, I'm actually being 7-1, and 6-2, like despite everything that went on. The one thing I would say about Manny, what he would have to understand is Nick Saban is Nick Saban because Nick Saban plays the best players. Nick Saban don't care about class. And that seemed to be Manny's um, problem. He was more in tune to playing the upperclassmen when it was clear as day the upperclassmen weren't producing. After that Michigan State fiasco with Gervin Hall, he was never supposed to touch the field again. Like there's no way he was he was ever supposed to touch the field again. But here it is, man. He let him touch the field. 
I mean, Gary, you've been around a little longer than me. I've been a Kane fan since 78. I used to go to the Orange Bowl, Jim Kelly house, Nellenberger, watch him play Joe Paul and all that. What a lot of the kids don't understand is just how it would be Miami against the world when they're doing good. And I understand kids that the end game of all kids, they want to get to the league, make their money, get their money, take care of their family. So be it, which is not a bad thing. But at the end of the day, I don't want to say give Manny another chance, but, I mean, I got to respect the fact that the kids fight for him. Like, you can't overlook it, right? Regardless of what, you cannot overlook that. And then, Gary, you you should know you've been around long enough. You've seen it firsthand when kids have completely given up on the coach, when there's just no fight. Just think about it. Even last year, year before last, the things that the, that the team – or going through or whatever the case may be, the team from last year, they don't they don't even come back. The Pittsburgh game, the North Carolina State game, they don't they don't even win those games. The North Carolina, the Virginia game, the player two here there, those victories, but they not. The only thing I can say before you put me on hold, Gary, the future is bright. We just gotta have the right people at the top. Demand the ship. All right, Jeff. Put me on hold. Thanks. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, that'll be the last call for tonight. Uh, let's go out to the 203. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 203, you with us? Going once. Going twice. All righty. Um, unless somebody else calls in, this will be the last call of the night. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, always answering flex call late. I've been on the I've been on the phone for two hours, Gary. Hey man, I just go down the queue, man. <laughs> I don't know I don't know about your two hours, <laughs> but you're you you're at the bottom of the queue. You're the last one of the night, Flex. People have been complaining yeah, about what? you the last couple of weeks, man. You got to bring it tonight. Come on, I know. You, I, I remember you being really? a great, a great caller, bro. I mean, I remember you were a great caller, and the last couple of weeks you haven't been so great, and people are bitching and moaning about you on our message uh, boards. I, I, I didn't see it on the message board, but okay, I, I don't know yeah, why. Come on, but anyway, I, come I, on bring it strong I tonight. What you, what do you got? Yeah, no, nah, I, I want, I want to hear your opinion on this. So I was checking out the. Uh, I was checking out the uh, a, a couple articles, and I've been hearing stuff in the community about uh, basic. I guess it's pretty much what you're saying about uh, the administration's kind of split. But it's yes, kind of split on accurate. some political. But it but it's kind of split, Gary. From what I'm understanding, on some political shit. Like it's basically because the former mayor has friends that are on the board type deal, and they don't want to do the family like that. But it, it, it's not putting the program first. And like I and like I don't know why you were upset with me last week or week before last when I was asking you questions or telling you basically that if it starts at the top, if you're telling me that the president's office is where uh, the direction is coming from and you got a guy that clearly, and also these people told me, and these are people that you know. They're people that are around the program. I'm not going to call any names. But they, they clearly said that this guy knows nothing, no fault of his own, but he knows nothing about football. And so even if he doesn't know anything about football, 
his first step in, in, in appointing someone to help him is going to be a wrong step. And then it's like well, when they come back and say, well, hey, Dr. Frank, we'll do A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Like what's he supposed to say? Yes? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything. that's a big deal, Flex, so let me tell you why. I, I mean they, they're basically looking at this thing as a business now, and they've got some very good business people in the loop, and the president has tapped his right-hand guy, Rudy Fernandez, to head up the effort on his behalf. And uh, I think everybody involved, and I'm going to include Blake James in this because I think Blake James would be aligned with this as well because Blake James wants to save his butt, I'm sure. But I think there would be alignment if, if, if a move is made, and I think that there's a very good chance that would happen if they don't win out. If they finish with five or six losses this year, I think there's a very good chance there would be a move made. I think there is an alignment behind going after Mario Cristobal. Uh, but I did hear I did hear Gary not to cut you off, but I did hear that some very powerful, uh, rich Boyd members are screaming from here into the top of the mountains for Mario Cristobal that they know him. I don't know how yeah, personally that's, that's, they know him, but they, yeah, no, they, that's accurate. But they that, talk that, to him. That, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and but but and then you know, but like I was saying, Gary, I've been hearing all, so switching gears. I've been hearing stuff about the recruiting in the community, and uh, a couple guys that want to come to Miami that I know they want to come is uh, Shamar Stewart, who wants to, he wants to stay home because of his because of his mother's situation. His mother's I found out I didn't even know this until probably three days ago from the person that told me his mom's from the islands or something like that. Not really familiar with sports. And she would like for Shamar to stay home, but he's telling her that he doesn't know where the program is going, right? And when I heard mm-hmm. that, I thought about the conversation I had with you when I said, Gary, yeah. I looked at USC's. I looked at USC's recruiting, right? They still got a couple five stars committed with no head coach. They've got an interim mm-hmm. head coach, but what mm-hmm. they're selling the players on what I was trying to tell you a couple weeks ago, if Miami cuts bait with 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 uh with, with like like you like I think I heard you say. On was it Kane Sport in the morning with with Matt or I, I, I probably really yeah probably Good Morning Kane Sport yep yeah that Shamar Stewart said if Mario Cristobal comes then basically he's coming to Miami he said he'll think about but that means I'm coming because it's not that was a predi- yeah I think that was it, a prediction I made which I which I, I stand by nah, I mean it, 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 nah, it's what but, I've heard but right so here's the, but here's the thing Gary. That's what. That's why I was trying to get you to. I, I was asking your opinion, but I was kind of surprised you didn't agree with me in saying that if the administration would just get rid of Mario, I'm sorry, yeah, get rid of uh, get rid of Manny, Manny, right? Well, because Mario yeah, can't be hired right now, Flex. He can't I be hired Gary, right I now. I yeah. totally understand that part, but here, but here's the thing. But but here's the thinking. Here's the thinking, right? If you get rid of Manny, now you're fifty percent. You're fifty percent down the road. But if you don't get rid of Manny, you don't know which direction the program's going. You but, don't know if they're going to keep Manny or you don't know if they're going to fire him. But if they but fire, flex. but if they fire flex, him, nobody, flex, flex, time out, man. That, flex, nobody's signing anything till the third week of December, man. I, so, I, like, yeah, I if you too. if you make all your moves the first week of December, you can make every chip fall the way they they're going to fall. Yeah, so there's enough. There's plenty of time. There 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 was no need to fire Manny right now, and it's turned out to be the right decision. They just won. Two games in a row. No, Gary, two games. I mean, in a row they're 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 not sitting in the president's office them. thinking, "Man, we want right. Manny to lose." Like they're not thinking like that. Not, but they they're gonna have, they're gonna have to make their decision, Flex, 
regardless of, uh, you know, like they're going to have to see the results and then they're going to have to put on their big boy pants and they're going to have to make their decision. You see what you just said? That's what Alonzo, your, your good friend Alonzo was talking about, right? You just said out of your mouth, right? They made the right decision not to fire him because we won two games. What the hell is two games at the University of Miami, Gary? See, and that's what Alonzo but, but, but no, we're told told what, we're, Alonzo, what we're talking about, Flex, like, is the timing. Is we're talking about the timing. The same decision could be made on the – what's the last day of the – I'm, I'm not looking at the calendar. Wait, I'll look. What's the, what, what day is the Duke game? Um, the 20... I'm, not, I'm not sure, but when you say something like I'm tell you they made the right decision because we won two games, listen, you said that out of your mouth just Okay, now. the Duke game's so on the 27th Alonzo. of November, Flex, okay? Duke game is 27th okay. of November. If they make the, the decision we're talking about on the 28th or 29th of November, mm-hmm. um, and they announce a deal with Mario Cristobal... Uh, let's see, conference championship games are December 4th, and they announce a deal uh, with Mario Cristobal. If he's in the conference championship game, they got to wait till that's over. If they announce a deal with Gary. Mario Cristobal on December the 6th, Flex, and, you, and you've got no 16, 16 days till signing day, you have enough time to convince Shamar Bro. Stewart to stay home and go to Miami. And guess what? If they fired him now, they'd have even more time to tell. No, because you can't hire Mario until his season is I over. I understand that. Are you not? So it's irrelevant, Flex. I'm trying. Same? I've been trying. You, you keep saying. You keep calling in and saying the same thing every week. I keep explaining to you why you're not right. It is irrelevant. Sorry. Okay. So, I mean, so you I'm fire Manny and the job's open. Who cares? You go through no, all kinds of upheaval in your program. Because, you got to name an you got to name an interim coach. You got to no, throw money in the garbage people. can, paying that interim coach. You got to do all kinds of nonsense that you just don't need to do, and it's being proven that you don't need to do it because the team is winning. <laughs> there you go. They're doing. They're playing game. their and best football of the know, season right now. And you know the long-term success of Manny Diaz is not where it's going to be. And see, you're talking about we're winning. So what? You're talking about two totally out. different things. You're talking about a big boy decision flex that needs to be made at the end of the season. I agree with you. You and I are 100 percent in concert on that. You understand the difference? I agree with you. Not. A, I, I think no, it no, should no. be made now. Yeah, well, I understand what you think that now. you think it should. You, you you think it should be made now. I understand that. But I'm trying to explain yeah. to you it doesn't matter. It and really that, makes no difference. How, you, how, you know, nah, it makes it makes zero difference in the big picture. The big picture is on November the 28th and 29th, whoever is in charge of this university, whether it's the board of trustees, whether it's the president, whether it's the athletic director, whoever the hell it really is. I mean, I think it's the president's office, but like, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I'm going by what I'm like deducing, but like whoever it is. On November 28th, 29th, needs to put their big boy pants on and hear everything that's been spoken about on this show tonight because it's been an absolutely brilliant show, in my opinion, with all types of good opinions and and everything else. And everything's been brought up. And they got to put their damn big boy pants on and they got to decide what they want the University of Miami to be. And if they want the University of Miami to be a top five level program, Malik Rozier very eloquently just told them tonight. And he's 100% right. Yeah, I missed that. I missed he's 100% right that you better be able to recruit the big boys up front. And to do that, you've got to be able to go toe-to-toe with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and all these guys because that's what they're doing. And there aren't so many of them that are elite each year in recruiting. Yep. 
You better be able yeah. to go toe-to-toe yeah, no. with those guys for the guys that are where you're deficient right now in competing for championships, period. And I yeah, know one I, guy I, that I can agree. correct that the minute he walks in the building. And you've got to put your big boy pants on at the top levels of the university, decide what you want to be, and if you want to be, do you have the cojones to make the tough decisions that you've got to make? And, 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 and if you make the decision to go in another direction, Manny Diaz is going to be okay. <laughs> okay, he will be fine. Okay, he, oh, you know, yeah, he probably, has, probably has a five, six million dollar buyout. He's just got done making 15, 20 million. He's going to be okay. Like, he's never going to be wanting for anything for the rest of his life. But no, they got to decide no, if he can I, do that. They got to decide either that he can do that or they don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, it's, it, wow, it can't be is, always. They can't have it always. Right, Flex? Well, Don't you, you agree? Well, you've got a personal friend. Well, I can – yeah, I agree. I can tell you this also. You've got a personal friend on the board that, man, he is screaming at the top of his lungs exactly what you're saying, and he's a personal friend of yours. I'll leave it at that. But uh, anyway, Gary, good to hear you again. This How week, do you know man. who my personal week. friends are? Wait a minute. What are you because, talking about? Because, 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 this is because when I talked to him, I told him that I subscribe – I said just like this. Hey yo, I subscribe to uh Gary Furman's show. You know you know the you know the writer? Yeah, yeah, of course I know Gary, man. I know Gary, blah, 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 blah. I go back da 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 That doesn't mean he's a and, personal you know, friend. <laughs> I asked him I asked him how does he know you? He said you're his friend. He said, Yeah, we're okay. friends. That's well, what good. He said. I'm, I'm, that makes me feel good. And, that makes me feel good. I, 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 you can never have enough friends, man. And I try to, I try to be all, right to everybody, and I try to treat everybody with respect, and I hope I have a lot of friends. And he's a local guy, and he's on the board, and he knows all about football, in and out. He's a, yeah, all of that. That, yeah, you, you, you figure it out. You can figure right. it out. He's and, 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 how do you know, and how do you know this person? How do you know this person? He's from, from, from since high school. Went to oh, high okay. school here. All right, yeah. cool. And I don't want to All right. give, give too much information out, but you no, no, you definitely don't want to. You definitely don't want to do that. But I got yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. All, All right, right Flex. Listen, man, we, you and I, we, we're on the same page. We don't, you know. I just understand that the timing is not important here. It's really not. It's like no, this, so, so, yeah. And, and the only reason I brought it up to you, Gary, is because I look at other big boy programs around the country, and I see how they operate. I looked at USC. And I seen how they and and I'm listening and I'm you know I'm reading all of their their uh, their message boards at, at, in USC to kind of you know get a feel for the fans and you know what's going on out there and basically they're doing exactly what I said that we should do. They're telling their recruits, hey, listen, we're gonna go out and hire the best coach available, and their five stars are sticking with a three and four record and no head coach in place. Like why would a we're talking about five stars now? They, the USC has five stars committed. Why they have they one? Sit? They have one Whereas, five star committed. Okay, they have they they have how many we got? Exactly. They're and their recruiting class is top. And he's from he's and he's from Southern California. <laughs> so he and he's just have, waiting. And, and we, he's waiting to see what the Gary, deal is. We that's have all. Five, we have five. Ex, ex, that's my point. But he's committed. It's better than what we're doing, bro. And I'm just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 and, no. It's like we don't have Shamar Stewart committed. I agree with you. Exactly. Yeah. But do you think we would have Shamar Stewart committed if the job were open? I think that I think that those 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 uh those those indicators that he's going to Texas A&M. I don't think they'd be there because now everything's pointing that he's going to Texas A&M, and I don't even think that'd be there. I think it would be like. 
you know, he has leverage. He's a five-star. He'd be like, yo, I'm basically waiting to see what my who's my who, what the hell Miami's going to do. But if yeah. Manny keeps winning, here's what's going to happen. Let's say Manny keeps winning. Because, Deary, you've got, you've got recruits out there that don't even want to play for Manny. Manny's Let me tell you something. Whether you do it today, though, Flex, or whether you do it two weeks from now or four weeks from now, whatever, it doesn't really matter. If, if they did what, you, what we've been talking about here, I think Shamar Stewart comes to Miami. I think there's a great chance that Earl Little comes to Miami. I think there's a great chance that Nigel exactly. Lee Kelly that Nigel E. Kelly comes to Miami. But, and I think that there's a whole Jerry, universe of recruits out there that have been being recruited by that guy that now are in play for every, Miami. And everybody knows if we fire Manny right now, everybody knows that we're after Mario Cristobal. I understand, you know but he can't work for Miami right now anyway. So he's got to finish his season. He's, he's number three in the country, or three or four in the country right now in the, in the, uh, yeah, in the new rankings that, came, in the rankings that came out today. If they win out, they're going to the playoffs. So he's got a job to do. He's number four yeah, right now. All right. And Michigan all State right, is probably going to lose is number three. So if he runs out, he's going to the college football playoff, and um, mm-hmm. he's got a job to do out there right now. So they can't hire him right now anyway. Man, I hope like hell we can get Mario at this program, man. We need it so bad, Gary. We need him right, so bad. Call in yeah. next week, man. Bye-bye, man. You got it. I'll Good talking to you. In the morning. You got it, my man. Great call this week. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Uh, phenomenal show tonight. Uh, mad kudos to everybody that called in. I hope everybody that listened enjoyed it. Um, tomorrow night, we got the Lamar Thomas show. Uh, we'll try to make that one good as well. Um, obviously, good morning, Kane Sport, every morning this week. And uh, then we'll see what happens on Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium when the Canes play Georgia Tech. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll, we'll see you on the other side, everybody.